You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. and welcome to ring post radio episode 58 can you believe it thank you everybody for joining us on this sunday morning uh before uh sunday morning rain is falling sorry rain is actually rain is falling outside for me so uh, it's very sunny for us here god damn it yeah and georgia georgia's getting a little wet wet and wild this week a little moist a little, a little moist on a fine weekend. sunday morning a little moist weekend in the Ryan is a little moist on a fine Sunday morning. Aren't we all? Uh, I'm Ryan Nancy. With me, as always, is uh, Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how are you doing today? Oh, man, I am doing wonderful. We are fresh off a Clash at the Castle show with one of the best crowds of the year. Shout out to the UK, you know, showing out when they actually get a show. I don't know how any major wrestling company doesn't go there every year um yeah i really don't i really don't i would go there every year for a major show um and i thought that show was pretty good uh and it's all out day baby yes it is it's all out day big who weekend. doesn't love all out if people don't remember all out last year went down as maybe a top 10 greatest wrestling show of all time of course you had that amazing ending with adam cole and baby. brian danielson uh, you had some incredible matches, obviously. You had the return of CM Punk into in-ring action for the first time in seven years. You had Eddie Kingston and Miro, I think, like had a baller match or something. Uh, um, the the world title match was whatever, uh, which I will bring up later. But even then, uh, it was the culmination. No, wait, no. Kenny Omega won that one. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have the culmination or anything. Uh, Hangman Page wasn't even on the show. Get a kid. <laughs> Good for him. You're right. You're right. Uh, but listen, we are we are uh, we are going into all out tonight. It's one of the strong. I'm saying this right now. It is one of the strongest AEW pay per view cards yet, and I mean that. I know people are like, oh, I don't know. It's not that good. I don't know what you're looking at. I don't know what you expected. This is one of their strongest cards yet. We got a lot of excitement. Oh, and today's NXT World's Collide, which actually might be a decent show. But, you know, no one cares about that. So I'm going to watch it. So I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it because, you know, we got... I can't even make the joke. Uh, We got Mako Satamore, (laughs) of course. I love Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate's cool. Carmelo Hayes versus Ricochet might be pretty good. Um, And then there's probably other matches that I can't remember. But you get the point. I'm here. I'm awake. I'm alive. Let's get to it. Yes, I am so ready for today's episode. I we got jam packed. He's shit. wearing Ring Post Radio gear. I'm wearing the while merch. on the show. I'm wearing the merch and representing. You can get this on tpublic.com, baby. He's wearing merch for the show that we're recording right now. That's exactly I'm not, right. But he is. I'm wearing a headband for those uh, that listen to the podcast recording after the fact. Yeah. Um, and by the way, very important. I think we should say this now and at the end of the show, we will be going live. Yep. On the Patreon tonight. Three dollar uh, tier. 
and more. three dollar tier, and the more, supporter of tier. All the tiers, really. You can Patreon. You can see our live review if you want to see us react. If you want to see tired Ryan, um, <laughs> you know, if you want to see a little bit of everything. Of course, you will have the audio tomorrow in the morning, as you always do, following AEW pay per views. But if you want to see us live, and I know some people will, because you come right fresh off that pay per view, you want to hear instant reaction. We got that for you. Not just live, but interactive. There'll be a chat and everything. You can talk to us mm. while you talk to us yeah. while we're reviewing the show. Give us your thoughts. You can tell happening. you could tell me if I'm stupid, which is could, never happens. I'm always <laughs> right. But you can tell Ryan if he's stupid. That always happens. You can always do that. <laughs> um, you know, definitely do that. Uh, so today we'll be talking, do our live AEW uh, on Patreon. So just basically any tier on Patreon, you can join it. $3, $5, $10. You can see our live reactions and join along with the conversation with us. Um, there will be the only audio version of the show afterwards. Uh, the ne- Or I should say the next day at some point, whenever I'm, I woke, wake up uh that will come out um but yes today and then now be the only time we talk about all out so you know for the next week's episode of ring post radio um you know there won't be anything so either subscribe to the podcast or at the very least join the patreon and get it live join us in the conversation we would love to have you there but i legitimately think our recordings for the all out reviews or the aew pay-per-view reviews are my absolute favorite because of the instant reaction um obviously we have to do them so late but it's fun because we're recording and you know tony khan's doing his presser at the same time so we're adding those bits in throughout uh reacting in real time so i hope you guys join us and if you don't join us of course you can listen um you know this week you listen like a scrub but you got to join the real the real you can listen like how i listen to every show yeah listen listen to us anything. like this yeah you know what watch this watch the the live reaction with us join us in our delirium uh the delirium yeah day. yeah it's more funny if you are there commenting and joining with us yes. but if you can of course because you know you probably want to go to bed uh, that's okay too yeah we get it because this is gonna be a long show uh but we do have a big show today as well um uh, a bunch of little news items we're gonna be reviewing clash at the castle uh we're gonna be talking about the new uh all-out additional matches there were seven more matches announced that's basically an entire pay-per-view that's, insane. that's more mat that's the same number of matches that happened at clash of the castle uh <laughs> funny enough including the pre-show including the pre-show there were they basically announced a whole nother pay-per-view um and you know and then we're also going to talk about the tk media call and more so we're going to you know talk about some of the questions but scotty and i are going to get really in depth regarding the whole AEW women's division conversation that happened as well on twitter uh and our thoughts on that and stay tuned i'm bringing i'm bringing ratings talks i'm bringing stats i got numbers i got graphs uh, I don't have yeah, he did he did all that stuff that like people either get really angry at or really are interested in so yeah if you're angry at ryan let him know <laughs> uh but yeah we got a bunch of stuff uh here today and if we do have time we'll talk about the n1 victory grand final but i don't necessarily know if we we're not to gonna it. have time the fact that a tony Khan announced an entire pay-per-view on top of it uh it's kind of like uh-oh yeah, we're, you're getting you're getting a second aew all-out preview from us basically <laughs> basically all-out pay- preview part two um but let's get to the news first speaking about aew fightful reported that bobby fish one half of Redragon, one third of undisputed elite 
will, quote, will likely be finishing with AEW as his deal isn't going to be renewed. Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer, then said it's not probably he is done. It's confirmed he's done with AEW. Whatever the deal was, either he was not offered a renewal or he chose not to be renewed. He had complained on his podcast about not getting enough matches. Um, so that is seemingly the reason he is upset working there and it wasn't renewed. Uh, it was also revealed later that he had a one-year contract only, which is funny hmm. to me because it's like Adam Cole and Kyle Riley got multi-years. Um, either way, Bobby Fish also on his podcast, which fun fact, Bobby Fish has a podcast. Uh, he brought up a conflict that he had with Dax Harwood as well, saying, quote, FDR and us, we had a thing, and I won't really get into the details, but Dax and I got into it. And at the end of the day, we were both able to be professional, completely professional about it. But if we, even if we weren't, it's okay. You could have then put us on TV that night or the following week, and we would have been professional. But there would have been animosity, and there would have been conflict. And still to this day, there probably would be a little bit. And that's palpable, and that's money. Uh, so he uh, seemingly got into got into some drama behind the stage, big drama behind the stage. His one-year contract is up, uh, and he is seemingly, as Dave is saying, gone from the company. Thoughts on Bobby Fish leaving the company? Could it be a less important loss <laughs> um, well i no no and i want to say this sure okay i understand for a lot of people that the elite versus undisputed era match was a big one for them yes but i'm gonna be that guy and remember kyle o'reilly also got surgery this week on his neck so it wasn't gonna happen anytime soon it was a neck fusion or something, something like yeah that. so it's gonna take a little bit so Here's my take on it. You can do that match with any third guy. The Undisputed Era, since its very beginning, has essentially always been Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly because Bobby Fish missed a lot of time. Roderick Strong obviously was a big part. And Roger, and I think it was better when it was Roderick Strong as that third guy because Roderick Strong's just a better wrestler. But my whole point is here. When the time comes, you can put you can plug in any third guy into that, and it's gonna be great. It's gonna probably be better, truthfully, because Bobby Fish isn't all that great in my eyes. I get it, I get the big match idea, undisputed era versus the elite, but you can do that. Who knows? Maybe by the time Kyle's ready, Roderick Strong's in AEW. We don't really know. I was about to say, I was like, would anyone be upset if Bobby Fish leaves and Roderick Strong somehow came into this company? <laughs> like, would that right. would that cause any issues? Would anyone be truly upset? I mean, yeah, you know, I think the in the the loss aspect is the red dragon aspect to it, really. Right? I mean, they only had like two matches in the company or on TV or whatever it was. They lost them all. And yeah, so you know, th that I think is a loss. I think they could have had way better matches. No, were way more matches uh, in the company. But they just, it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. I think, you know, I think that might be a, a booking loss for Tony. But, uh, and then, of course, you know, like you said, the elite versus undisputed elite. That's uh, that whole angle as well. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, if, if Roderick Strong comes in, uh, if his contract comes out and he comes into the company, then that's an e that's a way better fright, you know, way better person. Bobby Fish was having issues with the company. Bobby Fish also didn't want to renew with the company as well. 
So, you know, he also didn't want to be there anymore, seemingly. Uh, it's a mutual agreement. You know, they both decided to leave, and that's and that's that. He can always come back in, too. I wouldn't bring him back. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But kind of what your point saying is that, you know, Kyle Riley's, you know, gone right now. Adam Cole's rumors swirling about him coming back soon. I think we might be all about the boom tonight. I think, saying. We, I think we might be all about the boom as well. Um, but the idea is still there of like, oh, why, yeah. why, why renew Bobby Fish's contract if we know we're not going to have Kyle O'Reilly for like a year, maybe? So what's the point? Yeah, you don't really know with Next Fusion. Uh, and I, I also think if you really want to play to that story, when Adam, excuse me, when Adam Cole comes back, you can just put a different tag team with him right now, like. Yes, it sucks. Maybe the Good Brothers. N- I thought about them. And I was like, well, I don't really enjoy them. Uh, I thought yeah, it would no, be just interesting. If and I don't think this is like that much better, but I think at least one of these guys are better than the Good Brothers. The Gorillas of Destiny. Well, they're no longer Bullet Club. Yeah, but Adam Cole's like, yeah, he's kind. Mm-hmm. Jay White and him aren't very friendly anymore. Let's, so let's do Chris Bay and Ace Austin. Yeah, that's pretty good. I thought Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, that's that's good as well. I thought I thought FTR, and then I remember FTR are supposed to be baby faces, even though a lot of people are turning on them. How about this? Um, Ooh, how about this? Ready? Hit. Let me hit you with this one. Ready? Strap in. Let's bring in Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. Oh, that would work. Oh, the kingdom bringing Matt Hardy. He's work. not doing anything. I think a lot of people just like cried a little. A bit. lot of people just but, slammed their computers down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I and I think you can play the story well um, without Kyle, if that makes sense, because it is about Adam in the end. It's not about them, but it'll be interesting to see. I just don't think losing Bobby Fish is could matter any less to this company right now. Do you think uh where do you think Bobby Fish will be going anywhere? Do you think big old Papa H will be picking him up? Um if they do it's as a coach um for the PC cuz he's like 100. Um if not NWA sounds like a good spot. Ooh. <laughs> the the catch all for Re- wrestlers we don't screams want to watch. NWA. Uh Bobby Fish NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Or uh, MLW because he was there first. When that is true. Left. That is true. He was he was looking eyeing up MLWs. That's maybe I'll see. He him was in the uh, cup thing. I think he was. He was in the cup. He was he was in the cup and then he got signed and they're like uh, AEW's Bobby Fish goes in the cup. Uh, whoops. Uh, um, yeah. So I, that's not a bad idea. MLW's not a bad idea. They could certainly use another guy like him. You know. I think that's I'm not going to watch it. So it doesn't matter either way. <laughs> Good point. Um, another, uh, kind of signing seeming to be on the horizon in terms of more confirmation. Mike Johnson, PW Insider says that former WWE Universal Champion Braun Strowman is returning to WWE. Uh, multiple sources, uh, confirmed this morning. This is on, uh, the first. So what was it? What Thursday? Uh, confirmed on Thursday that he will be at Monday's night, Monday Night Raw in Kansas City this Monday. So, uh, looks like the 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 the, the financiers of control your narrative uh, weren't that <laughs> good, uh, and they could not control the narrative of Braun Strowman. At least the, the Titan, narrative. Actually. Sorry, the Titan Adam Shear. 
uh, and it looks like he's going back potentially, probably to WWE. So Papa H, another big signing. That is that the big is that the middle Infinity Stone of that gauntlet now? So we got Gargano, Kai, Carrying Cross, <laughs> Hit Row. Uh, you got some hits and misses. Yeah, there's uh, some hits and misses. What um, do you think about Braun? We're going back to WWE. I think okay. So like, I know everyone's initial reaction is like, ugh, because Braun is obviously steer uh, steer people the wrong way. He's as, as Triple H said, a controversial figure. And for me, the way I look at it is very objectively in that he's a former world champion in that company. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that Omos could not be, and that's a good athletic giant. It did happen to Omos. I totally forgot about uh, Triple H, Triple H got a hold of it and said, yeah, this guy stinks. We're going to move on. Uh I think it makes a lot of sense for WWE. Mm-hmm. I think it's a signing where you get a guy that you can plug in to multiple stories, whether it be main event or mid card. Mm-hmm. He can give people big losses. He can be a big win. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it makes a lot of sense for them. And, you know, Triple H has talked about this, but it's about, or this has at least been reported, is that he wanted to beef up the main roster in terms of just the talent they have. Mm-hmm. Even if we as a unit don't say like, you know, carrying cross is amazing or Dexter Loomis is like a must get guy. Yeah. I think when it comes to Braun is that you're going to bring in a guy that people actually know, mm-hmm. like your, your casual WWE crowd will react to when his music goes off. Yeah. Because he was very over at one point. He was red hot at one point. They obviously didn't work that, but I think you can get back to that point. I think I think he was always a really good monster baby face as much as I didn't, again, love him. Mm-hmm. But he's had some decent matches with the right people. He's not, he's not awful or anything. It's Again, it's not like you're... Like, I understood the fights against Cross and Loomis... Yeah. And that's because they never proved anything there. So it's like, why, why did they like the two guys you're bringing back instantly? Strowman did. So it makes a lot of sense to them. Beefs up what they need to beef up, which again is their main roster. And uh, it is what it is. It's not really a big deal to me. (laughs) Well, I feel like the bigger point that no one's talking about is, you know, Obviously, with with you know with Vince gone, that now if you bring in EC three, I have some problems. <laughs> I think the bigger point that no one's talking about is with Vince gone, the new the new co CEOs, right? Uh, I don't know what they're doing finance wise, but the the budget seems to be doing way better. Suddenly, all of a sudden, the budget just got way better. Uh, you know, we can undo those budget cuts. We can slap some money back on in terms of our expenses. Uh, we can slap on a contract of a six-figure contract for Braun Strowman again. You know, he get back in there, man. We we can bring these people back. Our budget's fixed. We've solved our issues. So good, good job, WWE co CEOs. 
Man, I can't believe Nick Khan released all those people, man, just to bring half of them back. How dare you? Know, I can't believe like, he did that. Vince, Vince would never cut that. Vince would never cut that. Never, he never would have cut those guys. And don't get me wrong. We, I think we all were part of that conversation where it did feel like it was Nick Khan, but tr- we know now. <laughs> Not only that, man, but Triple H even acknowledged that when people were getting cut, in that Ariel Halani interview, Triple yeah. H even said he's like, when all the cuts were happening, people were bla- he was getting dogged on the internet. Nick Khan is getting dogged on the internet. And he's even acknowledging Nick Khan had and he even said Nick Khan had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Well then who did? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I I think like if you look at all the moves Triple H has done. Mm-hmm. In terms of a roster? lot of them Yeah, in terms of roster. A lot of them make sense for WWE. Does yeah. that like make sense? Because they're trying to do a middle ground here where they have that Vince McMahon type WWE, but they also have the in-ring based WWE because it caters to a little bit more of everyone, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think Clash of the Castle really highlighted that for me of like catering in every way WWE can. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. So like to me, Braun, Braun makes sense for a certain part of the crowd. Yeah. Maybe not the people that we talk to on Twitter, but it's going to work to, for a lot of people. Yes. And that's why you make that move. It makes you money. And that's why I think if, if, they bring him back. Bray Wyatt makes a lot of sense. I was just about to bring him up. Is that at the time of Bray's release, we all were stunned by it because, and we talked about it on the show, yeah. is that what other You're company money for that? We like what other company can do the kind of storytelling stuff that he wants to do. We were like, maybe Impact, maybe uh, Freddie Freddie Prince Jr.'s Freddie company, Prince Jr. Apparently, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like the idea of like the WWE core audience is way different than the average yeah. wrestling fan and what they like is those sort of things. They like sure. the, the Braun Strowman S character. They like the Bray Wyatt S character. Yeah. You know, the people that left WWE's TV show watching are now slowly coming back. Whether or not they stay when these people come in is one thing, but they're Listen, at least coming back a little bit. One of, one of our listeners, Jason, great guy. Great guy. Um, you know, love him. You know, he, he told me that he watched Clash the Castle, and that was the first WWE show he's watched in years. Yeah. And he walked away saying it. That was good. Yeah. Like, he walked away for it saying, like, oh, I didn't regret that. And, again, we're going to talk about it, but I think that plays to Triple H's vision. I know people are, like, like the dog on Triple H. And, you know, listen, not every move I agree with, but – I get it from a business standpoint and from, his mindset. From WWE's perspective. Yeah. Make things so better. I get it because you you want all these different types of characters. You want all these different types of builds, right? For every Johnny Gargano, you bring back a Braun Strowman, right? So, like, I get it. That's also like, that's a great point. It's like one for me, one for you. For Triple yeah. H. And we all know he loves Johnny Gargano, too. So it's not mm-hmm. saying that hurts. But the fact that you know, a, a wrestling fan like Jason doesn't watch anymore, could come back 
watch it and you know say oh that was good like i enjoyed multiple matches on the card i think speaks to what triple h is going for so braun Strowman makes sense Mm -hmm. for wwe am i going to be jumping out of my chair to see braun Strowman wrestle absolutely not but it is what it is i don't care enough to be like oh i can't believe they brought braun Strowman in i don't give a shit yeah yeah this is a great point um, well, let's move on. Speaking about WWE, let's move on and talk about Clash at the Castle. Again, it happened yesterday for us in Cardiff, Wales, UK. Uh, one of the few places, according to Triple H, that have castles. Um, so it was a good place to have the show Clash at the Castle. Um, Instantly, presentation for the show in the lead-up, match graphics, videos, some of the best stuff WWE's done in a while. Yeah, you can sort of start seeing the it's it's I've heard this conversation before is that whether or not the average WWE fan will notice the subtleties, but you and I notice mm-hmm. these subtleties like they're they are doing yeah. things slightly different ever so right. slightly, which I kind of agree with. Like, I think maybe they could have ripped the bandaid off and Triple H just does his Triple H booking booking, but you know, you also have to remember it's like, well, there's a core, the majority of our 2 million fans liked yeah. Vince McMahon's stuff. So we kind of have to right. do that and maybe slowly adjust them. But they're doing things. I thought the, you know, it, it I thought the LED screen of the castle build mm. was cool looking legitimately. Yeah. That was like their best one of those they yeah. ever had. I thought, I, I thought it would be cool if it was the stage, but the, but yeah. it's a cool way to, do a stage kind of like look, but in a cheaper level and yeah. still kind of have like a cool thing happening there. Uh, yeah. It, you know, the size of the stadium was great. Uh, it felt very much like a stadium. I don't even know if it properly was. I mean, principality stadium. I don't know what they, I think it's a 70,000 yeah, 70, venue at least. So yeah, they said they had 62,000 people in attendance. Um, yeah. They, they didn't, they didn't sugar extra sugar coated as much as people expected <laughs> no they they, they it, it was packed though it was it was packed the crowd was hot uh really good show for the most part i think there were certainly yeah. for me there was some stuff where i'm like all right this was fine or whatever but i think overall yeah. uh it had it had a a average takeover show vibe for me Mm. Which is still way better, mm. way better than your average mm-hmm. WWE pay per view. Yeah, here's when the show. When I finished watching the show, I, I said, "Listen, you're not going to reach what I thought WrestleMania Night One was. Mm-hmm. You just can't." Yeah, right. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you had that great women's match. Mm-hmm. You had Cody Rhodes returning to WWE and having that match with Seth Rollins, and then you had Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling in the main event. So you can't reach that level of like great show, and that's still one of the best, I think, or at least one of my favorite wrestling shows of the year. I have no idea what happened in the first half anymore, but I remember that half, and that was great. Yeah. Um, at least you remember something from a uh, from one of these shows, right? But I will say, like, this show overall, it felt quick, even though it was, like, three and a half hours. Yep. It And it's, a lot of it's because they're on Peacock, and if you have the commercial version of Peacock, mm-hmm. they put those in, so you kind of have to watch videos. Yeah. Um, But it felt quick, six matches, in and out. To me, nothing 
nothing got to the point of like awful yeah nothing well, nothing was overtly bad i know a certain result has people feeling that way which we'll talk, we will talk about we'll talk about that first but but you had a great match on it like a great 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 man and anyone that doesn't agree is absolutely out of their mind um are you gonna are you not agreeing no, no, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm not in the over the top great. We'll talk about it, but I'm not over the top great. I was slightly bored a little bit by the beginning of the match, but I really got into it by the end. So. Like to me, I, that I'm, match I'm a, I'm was like lower that. I'm a lower, but it was still that match, match. It was the match of the that night. That match is what I'm told Tom- Tomohiro Ishii does. Um, <laughs> that's how I like. That's that's when I think he's. Anyways, it's still my match. But of the like night. you I'm had not saying it was bad. I'm just you had bad. a little bit of everything. I'll explain that again plays to what wwe goes for and or should go for not they didn't for a long time but they are going for it now um so i thought in that case it worked is it the best wwe pay-per-view of the year no is it the best is it the best um single show like if we're not count like if we count wrestlemania the whole one still probably not because the wrestlemania did have a lot of good parts but it worked. Yeah. And I think that's that was important. Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, according to uh Cage Match, it is the best pay-per-view PLE of the year for for WWE. Uh you know, this has so far an 8.36 on Cage Match. WrestleMania Night 1 has an 8.05. So, I mean, obviously uh-huh. the fact that you can have that quality of show not at a WrestleMania. I mean, the next pay-per-view after that is, get this, Hell in a Cell with the Cody match. The oh, yeah, Cody Rhodes, Seth, Seth Rollins match. After that is SummerSlam with the Roman Brock Lenzer um, stuff uh, and, the, and the crazy, really good Logan Paul match. Um, and then after mm. that is Backlash again, Cody versus Seth Rollins. I'm seeing a trend here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Cody said, like, when we do like a year end thing, I'm going to make sure to talk about Cody versus Seth Rollins because I enjoyed it so much. And it's like the only thing that made WWE watchable for a while. <laughs> yeah. But let's let's talk about these actual matches at Clash of the Castle. So the main event, yeah. WWE title, Universal title match, Roman Reigns defeats Drew McIntyre in 30 minutes and 46 seconds. Let's talk about the match first before we mm. get to the rest of the ple but uh the match itself uh i thought was it was your typical roman reigns slow methodical start and took forever but once we started getting there uh Mm. that you could tell the crowd was super invested the pace started Mm. to pick up um the moves and everything started to move up the the dramatic nature of a roman reigns match started to pick up Really started to get there. The crowd was obviously like on the edge of their seat for this match. Mm-hmm. They were completely invested uh, in Drew McIntyre winning here. I was invested yeah. in Drew McIntyre winning here. Uh, surely, yes. I am. I. I kind of think you should have done Drew McIntyre. I get why you don't, but I also yeah. feel like maybe you should have. Um, you know, there's ways around pinning Roman. I guess. Um, you know, I, maybe you should have done something like that to pay off for those people. Cause once he lost it, it kind of became, and then the rest of it kind of was like a, 
oh, this is now just cringy and sad and bad. Um, yeah, I, I read something that's like UK fans are used to that type of stuff, and I was like, okay, well, I'm not. Yeah, no, yeah, it was. <laughs> so I'm gonna say it was kind of lame, but okay. I, if UK fans are used to American Pie, I don't. I don't know that's what confused me, I guess. But uh, the match itself, uh, I thought first half slow, methodical, classic Roman of we're drawing yeah. this out for 30 minutes. But once it got going, it got going and really picked up, and I really enjoyed it, which I've kind of said for the past several Roman Reigns matches, really. But um, sure. yeah, no, I, I, I pretty, I pretty much, I got invested into it, so I think it did, did its job properly. This was the WWE. This is what WWE does better than anyone, mm-hmm. and people might take that like in the wrong way, but they, if they want to they can make any match feel like the biggest match in the world. Yeah. And it, it kind of comes, it, it's part of that spectacle type thing where it helps that you have this roaring crowd and you have, and like, listen, I watch the entrances. Yep. For the most part, I fast forward through a lot of stuff just to get to the matches so I could talk about all this. But I watch the entrances, you know, you have the broken dreams, you have the normal entry, you have the normal song, you know, you have the crowd singing Drew McIntyre theme, you got Roman Reigns who walks out, and I'm just, I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm like, listen, and and most people probably disagree, but I was like, I understand if he doesn't lose <laughs> like Rome, i understand yeah. roman because i'm looking at him first time in a very long time by himself with his titles and i'm like you you really want to get this guy right like you don't he still has something going for him that i don't think a lot of heels do mm-hmm. and he just had a presence about him so you, you get to the match, and like you said, it's very Roman-like in that methodical, you build it up. But I think, again, it's the WWE main event style as well, yeah. where that's kind of what they do because they build to those big moves at the end and mm-hmm. the big finishes, and it really works. It really works. That's what they do so well. So I thought the match was really good, and I think the match gets to another level if a certain someone wins, right? If Drew wins, yeah. I think it gets to that that great level. I agree. Because that's kind of what WWE does. Yeah. They don't always book the guy you might think is the right guy to win. Yeah. They don't. No. <laughs> but I've been saying since the moment he walked back in the door that the only person I thought was beating Roman Reigns was the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. Yeah. And I still think now that we have gone past this match, it's that has to be the case. But everything they did in the build-up to this match and the videos that they produced and all the stuff that they put together, they made me believe and think and want mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre to win. And sometimes at the end of the day, the right guy doesn't win. I don't think, to me, I don't think it will be that hurtful for WWE for Drew to lose. I don't think it hurts them all that much. 
And that's kind of the WWE thing where the people don't matter as much as the brand. But I think you can still make this Roman Reigns reign work. Mm-hmm. I like the addition of Sola Sokoa to the bloodline. I because too. I always thought it was stupid acting like he wasn't related, but also he was related. Yeah. So I actually like that. Yeah. It'll just be interesting to see how we get there because now you have Sammy kind of beginning to turn baby faced. It feels like him and Kevin are probably going to beat the Usos for those tag titles, which is pretty awesome. You know, you have Roman and I honestly don't think Roman's shooting carrying cross. I think that's going to be with um, Drew. I think it's going to be Drew and cross. You based off what we saw yesterday when he threw the bottle of Drew, like that seems like where they're going. I could see maybe a triple threat if it came down to it. Yeah, but now that you now that you didn't have Drew in this, yeah, Roman can't lose to anyone besides Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I, so you also you brought up a great point about like this doesn't really hurt WWE that all uh, that much. I mean, what if anything? If it hurts anything, is just the idea of like you know it's the booking isn't like vastly changed. They got me to bite so bad. They got me to bite very last well. Yeah. More. But it, it, it's like the idea that W hasn't like booking hasn't changed rapidly. It's like this, the right. hometown guy right. is still losing. Um, but what I feel like what this match did do um, and just in just not, not the post match, but in just the match ending, I feel like it kind of hurt Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Because I, th- I, think, I think he was going to get hurt no matter what, if he lost. Yeah, I I think what this does is showcase. Because it builds them so well. <laughs> yes, this showcase to me Drew's ceiling in this company yeah. is a really good challenger to the world title, but mm-hmm. might not ultimately be world champion. Maybe one day, but he like, had that reign. He already had the reign. It's like what are this? Kaito, Who actually? Who's this? Kaito Kiyomiya. It would be better if he never had it, if he never had the first uh, reign. Uh, but now that he has, it's like, well, he's already been there, and we're trying to get back there. I, you know, I think at this point he's almost a really good challenger. But ultimately, I just don't know if we could, if I could, his credibility of losing in this spot, hometown, built up incredibly well, and then losing. It, a lot of went a lot of it went right yeah. out the door and that's i think that is really tough for drew mcintyre i've been i've been someone which is kind of crazy because like i didn't fully care about wwe all that much for a while sure but i've been someone that thought roman reigns shouldn't lose this title for like a long time this was the first time i was like oh you know what i get it if he does he probably should yeah and and I don't think that's really anyone's to a fault. I think it's actually been me thinking Roman has been good his entire reign. Even if I don't love every single title match, yeah, he just feels like the guy. And it it happened after all these years, right? Yeah. And naturally, I think they've built someone up better than Drew McIntyre. If Drew McIntyre didn't have the hometown situation going on here. No one for a second would have thought he should have won. I'm sorry. That's just the truth. That is a fantastic point. 
If this no was, one if, would have thought so. If this was <laughs> Providence, Rhode Island, uh, or this this is day one in, in if Atlanta, this was Georgia, Los Angeles WrestleMania next year. No one even thinks that much. Maybe it's WrestleMania. Maybe yeah, WrestleMania. Like, maybe, but that's my yeah, point. You're yeah. saying maybe. You're not saying definitely. You're saying maybe. Yes, that's a great, fantastic right? point. I watched the guy in the match before this feel so much more naturally over. And he's been that way throughout the entire year. Mm-hmm. And I know people hate to acknowledge that he's a good wrestler nowadays. But there's a, a story that's unfinished there from earlier this year. Seth Rollins feels like a match you need to still do mm-hmm. with Roman Reigns because Roman Seth Rollins is the only guy that has beaten Roman Reigns in this entire in, entire title reign. So that's another match you have. Yeah. And then I go back to Cody. Obviously, Cody's the number one babyface in this company, like it or not, people. Yeah. They have they give him special videos to hype up his return because this man is going to walk out. I don't know where the Royal Rumble is this year, but he's going to walk out at the Royal Rumble. He's going to win that damn thing, and he's gonna go and face whoever for the titles. And it probably should be Roman Reigns because that's the biggest match you have unless The Rock walks through the door, which I don't think he's going to. It's just it's just how I feel. In Los Angeles, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes, one year after the man came back, finally winning the world title that matters to him. Yeah. Right? I think I think to me it's a story that writes itself. You can get you can get there with a Sami Zayn match. You can get there with a Seth Rollins match at Royal Rumble or Survivor Series. I think it works. I think it does. I really do. I think you can get there. Again, with the Drew McIntyre thing, I was so invested. I thought he was winning. I really did. But like when the match was over. I didn't react like a lot of people did of like, oh, WWE or Triple H, you know, he's just like Vince or like, I didn't react like that. Yeah. And it's probably because I've always looked at WWE this way, because again, I tweeted this yesterday, but like, I'll always have a soft spot for them in a lot of ways, because the reason I'm a fan to begin with. Yeah. But there's, there's other stories to go to that make sense. And I like Sola Sokoa getting a big spot. I enjoy, I thought Solo Sokoa was always one of the better parts of 2.0. And now he can, you know, now you can build him up naturally. I think there's a lot of ways to go here. I'm excited. I'm excited for, I'm actually excited for where they go next. It sucks for Drew because he ended up looking like a little loser at the end. Oh, that um, post. Can we talk about that post-match? Oh. So, By the way, Pop when Tyson Fury knocked Austin Theory's ass out. I popped for yeah, that. That was great. That was hilarious. I thought that's when Drew was winning. So, Because like he protected the finish, and I was like, oh, Drew has to win now. And yeah, he and then he lost. Like a scr- like the scrub he is. Uh, yeah, whatever. So I'm not the that post match like, was Drew fan or anything. Toast, Tyson Fury came out, shakes hands with Roman for some reason, uh, and yeah. then and then congratulates Drew on the sh- ha- looking good in defeat, basically, and then he sings American Pie to him, which 
as far as I can tell, is that's not... something that's something Tyson Fury does after his fights. It, is it okay? Because uh, yeah. I was like, it's not something that happens in Wales. <laughs> like, no, I, I realized like a lot of people were probably really confused with that. <laughs> I think it's still bad because like when Tyson Fury does it, he wins. Look, <laughs> to, look, I'm a WWE casual fan. I need I need promo packages and, yeah. and, and I need explanation of why he's singing American yeah, Pie. Sure. I didn't get no, that. No, I agree. Uh <laughs> no, I agree. I get it. Because like I I know Tyson Fury does that. Like he sings after he wins and yeah. stuff, and he say he's saying that before. But it's like what what is happening? I had no idea what's <laughs> happening, and then and then and then Drew McIntyre like thanked the crowd yeah. and tried to get yeah, him to sing "Sweet Caroline." That's what I was like. Oh, this is this is dumb. It felt it. You know, it's funny they were trying to replic- replicate the SummerSlam '92. Instead, they got SummerSlam '93 with Lex Luger uh, and with the confetti celebrating his loss at SummerSlam '93. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just. Uh, it it was so cringe, so incredibly mm. cringe that like you know I spoke that the loss to to this was him showing the ceiling. This this post match was like I don't want to see this guy in a world title match again. Get this guy off my television. Yeah, Holy no, I crap. think that's I think that's fair. It was it was bad, <laughs> so freaking bad. And oh, like I man. didn't, I didn't watch this live, so like after i watched it i like went to the timeline and i was like oof this is uh this is a lot people it was like, it was incredibly cringe it was incredibly bad um but let's move on semi main event seth rollins defeats riddle um in 17 minutes and 21 seconds uh second best match of the show for me yeah i thought this match was really really good i think if i recall level below where i expected it to go Yes, yeah, but still I, really good. My ex, I agree with you. My expectations were higher for this match, um, but it definitely was still oh. very good. Uh, what I just want to talk about also here is that, like, how did you feel about, or did you care at all about uh, every match except for two? You know, four out of the six matches having the heel go over um, during the show. And then, you know, there's two matches where the babyface went over, but Rey Mysterio got beaten up at the end of it. So kind of a kind of a, a wash. But how did you feel about I a lot think, of heels going over? I think the right people won all their matches. Except, you know, we could ta- we just had the Roman Drew conversation. So, like, sitting here, I'm okay with Roman winning. I know a lot of people aren't. Yeah. But I always thought Seth Rollins had to win because he has the momentum. Matt Riddle does not. And congratulations to Riddle for getting his first name back. Um, I think Riddle is a weird guy. Yeah. Well, we know he's a weird guy. Uh, but like booking him, it's really weird because he has he has his fans, obviously. He's over. Yep. But I almost feel like he should never win a feud. Because <laughs> it's like <laughs> I I don't take him seriously as someone that is gonna be world champion. I think he's a mid Carter who you can bring up to those matches. Yeah. And that's about it. And I think that's his role. I think we've seen that is his role. Um, it's, it's a good role because he gives you good matches and he gives you good feuds. Cause I thought this was a good feud. And I think 
them moving it made sense in the end because like we talked about last week they built up a story they made it make sense mm-hmm. um and Seth Rollins he was the most over guy in this match yeah easily. so was he really the heel yeah that scene of him doing the the as they sang his song that was that was incredible like that was awesome and him doing the Randy stuff that was great and then winning with the super stomp yeah, that was that was sick. Cause I was like, yeah, fuck, fuck Riddle, yeah, fuck him. I'm wearing it. I like Seth Rollins. So like, I was, and I think he's just so he's on fire right now. And he lost a lot to Cody. He yeah. lost all three to Cody. <laughs> yes, he did. So giving him momentum is a good is idea. a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing because he's kind of that guy that I think you stick into the Survivor Series Royal Rumble defense against Roman again. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Royal Rumble because it's a year. Maybe that makes sense. Maybe that makes sense. Um, and hopefully you have a cleaner finish from last time because <laughs> I thought that match was really good. And then they were just like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it was the right choice. I think uh, I, I'm glad you brought up like the, it being the right choice. I feel like I tweeted this out. I feel like Seth Rollins is the right choice to win the match. But like. Riddle, Riddle was, needed it more. Riddle was sure. yeah. <laughs> Seth Rollins was the right person to win the match to then go on and face Roman, but Riddle was the right person to win the feud. In that yeah, moment. that makes sense. And it was just like I wouldn't just, be shocked just, if they had another match. I wouldn't be either. And ha- like do it on TV, and Riddle gets the win back. That's very fifty-fifty, I guess. But it, it was very, it was very much like yeah that weird aspect of like I feel like Riddle after getting shoot buried work work shoot buried by rollins should have probably won at that point but then he did and i was like okay this guy's a big old loser he's lost the match he lost his wife lost his children this guy's a big old loser why should i cheer for him well that's okay because i think i don't think people want to cheer for him anymore like that we know at least yeah or wanted to cheer from the first place there's also rumors of like more coming out more stuff from the right. X person coming out so i get right. i also get not having yeah. a win i think rollins has had like the best year of his career maybe not including shield stuff or like that first year mm-hmm. as a heel champion like i think this has been by far his best year yeah maybe overall like He's having great matches. Yep. Right. That's that's obviously always good, but he's actually having good feuds. Like I enjoyed the Cody feud, and again I said earlier, like that's that's WWE feud of the year. Nothing's topping that. Um, he's having good matches, having good feuds. Mm-hmm. He's kind of red hot, despite being a heel. Yep. Like people are into him, and yeah, I think I, I, it's hard to go against them. I mean, somehow he's like the only person that could lose three matches to Cody fucking Rhodes and still like benefit from it. Yeah. Because like when Cody Rhodes beat people in AEW, everyone would walk away and be like, oh, well you're shrewd. Like when he beat Malachi, everyone was like, oh, he's dead to rights. (laughs) Obviously there's plenty of Malachi news that we don't really need to talk about today because we don't really know the story. Yeah. Um, but like anytime Cody Rhodes beat people there, it was like, ah, they're done. But somehow Cody Rhodes, uh, Seth Rollins walks out of it. And it's like, he's a whole different person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think that's kind of funny, but uh, the shield or two thirds of the shield are uh, carrying 
WWE right now mm-hmm. and have been all year. Um, and the other Shield members helping carry AEW right now, so that's oh. pretty funny. I, I mean, I <laughs> it's a good year for the Shield. I would say the Shield members are carrying three television shows, probably. Yeah, that's that's a good point. They are. Yeah, um, so good for them. What a faction, man! <laughs> <laughs> what a faction! What a faction! Like they didn't have a single bust like you know like every faction has like eh, you know i eh. i constantly think about like alternate history stuff and just the idea yeah. that it would have been chris hero or cassius ono at the time got his way yeah and cassius ono instead of roman like how differently things maybe could have turned out it probably would have been largely i love the same, cm but... punk big cm punk guy i am yeah WWE made the right call. I agree. Uh, next match, uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio uh, defeated the team of Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Uh, pretty good match as well, but the main... Fun atmosphere. Fun atmosphere. Uh, the crowd was really into it. I like seeing... This was... <laughs> I like seeing Edge with Ray a lot. Like, yes. He felt natural. Like, finally. Yes. He didn't feel like... It didn't feel... Know, it didn't feel... It's just been kind of a struggle for the past like year edge feels like he's forcing i like to see with seth rollins edge but... feels like he's forcing it all the time yeah it's like man this time he didn't chill like it, it felt like he actually had fun yeah and that was <laughs> um that was like, well, well and the match was it was it was pretty good it was like you said it was pretty good yeah but fun atmosphere for it i like seeing those two work together mm-hmm. but the story, yeah, the big all, story. It was all beat, wet fart after. The big story beat, of course, is after the Dominic match. cheating his ass off. Dominic kicks Edge into uh, the the balls. I was trying to think of a pun, couldn't think of anything. And then, and then a Gunther style lariat to his own father uh, <laughs> to, to just take him out. Uh, that was the best lariat. Second best layer of the night, but <laughs> someone, tweeted, someone tweeted it out. I think it was maybe Sean Ross Sapp saying that that was the best offensive move I've ever seen Dominic Mysterio do. It was un, it was that lariat was unbelievable. Taking out his father. I, oh my God. So good. I don't know. I, I, I would love to see this guy get repackaged as Dominic Guerrero. Why not? Let's just do it. <laughs> Screw it. What, what if that's the turn? Oh, I don't want to be your son. I just I want I I should have been Eddie's son and just go back to that. Who cares? That's fun. Uh, yeah. That you know we already got the Guerrero stuff uh, in this company all over the place. So why not do that? Um, you know I thought this was uh, uh, it was a fine match, but the turn finally the turn happened, and I'm inter- I'm more interested after that lariat. I'm more interested in seeing Dominic wrestle. Um, I uh. I said that Dominic should be left in NXT Europe and just never be seen again. Uh, <laughs> the Judgment Day are nerds, dorks, whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah. Like, we knew that was always going to happen, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. But I will say, Rhea Ripley has very much benefited from this group despite not wrestling at all. <laughs> like, she has a kind of aura around her all of a sudden mm-hmm. which she did not have before that so there at least is some pluses to this group yeah um but yeah finn and priest are nerds so it's whatever it is what it is i I don't care like that's that's the whole thing like we talk about all these things and like i care about certain things but not to the point where it's never deep enough where i'm like oh that was the worst you know decision 
like they're AWR solid, they're solid, mid, they're layer, solid but... mid-card faction. They're very yeah, solid yeah. mid-card faction. It's a mid-card faction that you plug into feuds, and yeah. they're probably going to lose because that's what they're built for. It's fine. Yeah, totally fine. Uh, it's not act like Finn Balor's like this big like monster that like he shouldn't ever lose. He just Exactly. He'll be babyface again eventually. SmackDown women's title match. Liv Morgan re- sex- successfully retains her title against Shayna Baszler in 11 minutes. Um, I wasn't too too into this match. I you know I, I think it was fine. I think it was probably the it was you know whatever it was. Uh, you know I, this is can I can I give you the best comp? Uh, and this could yeah. also tie in and be our uh, Noah N one victory grand final. Oh, um, Jesus. You know, sometimes I'm into watching Hideki Suzuki wrestle, and sometimes I'm not, you know? And uh, Shayna Baszler gets the same effect for me. Mm. Uh, sometimes mm. I'm into it, sometimes I'm not into it at all. And this was one of the uh, instances where I'm not into it. Oh, so wicked funny. I fell asleep through this match, <laughs> and I woke up, saw the end where she hit, like, the code breaker. Yeah. And then the Oblivion. And I was like, oh, that was a cool finish. That was pretty good. Yep. I tweeted out, it's pretty good. I want to see if anyone reacts because like, I had some people messaging. And some people just liked the tweet. And one person gave me a thumbs down. I was like, you don't even follow me, but I appreciate that. I got back and watched it. Awake this yep. time. And I was like, wow, that was pretty bad. <laughs> I was like, why didn't no one say anything? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was... The only good thing out of it, and I don't really care about this because in the end, Ronda's still going to kill her, is Liv got a win, like an actual win. Yes, agreed. It is She, she needs credible wins. That yeah. And Shayna Baze was like, oh, I'm not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter ultimately. But Liv Morgan, you're right. Liv Morgan needs credible wins under her belt. This was a credible win. Where she went out there, she was 100% the underdog, but she was able to wrestle to get the win. Not an upset finish, not an upset roll-up or anything, right. but get a win. We need to get more of her under her. It's the type belt. of win she needs to get to build to the Ronda match. Yes. So that she's not like a, a 100% she's going to lose the title. Well, she is, but... <laughs> well, yes. But at least, at least like, she can be competitive in the match. Yes. Agreed. Or slightly. Agreed. Unlike last time. Agreed. Um, WWE Intercontinental title match, Gunther, uh, who was brought out with... Um, oh, man. That was amazing. What's Kaiser? Ludwig Kaiser and... Ludwig Kaiser. Giovanni Vinci. Vinci. Um, the Imperium is back Imperium. together, which I'm I so pause. excited because in NXT, Imperium was a fantastic tag team. Also, I, you just—I was gonna say—you just got a fantastic tag team on the yeah, like that was the best part of it. Not Imperium being back, but those two being back together. It was just <laughs> immediately a great tag team. Yeah. Tag team, you know, Erla talks about like, yeah, we're bringing in Hit Row because we need better tag teams. Nah, bring up Vinci, put him with Kaiser, get Imperium back together. That tag team roster just got way better because uh, he mm. is unbelievably good. Also, they feel they feel like the duo to beat Kevin and Sammy. Maybe if they if they get built up enough, yeah, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, well, I'm hoping that Imperium is built up. That match would also be very good. <laughs> yes, exactly. Be very good. And yeah. also, I'm oh, also man. happy about it because Vinci's gimmick in NXT was just 
really oh this good. is gonna this is gonna be a take yeah the vinci gimmick was hilarious uh, um i i don't know why i feel this way but i talked to someone about this yesterday mm-hmm. i don't hate the name gunther anymore <laughs> Ooh, interesting i mean i never and it's because of the way they say it gunta they don't call him gunther they call him gunta and i'm like you know it works yeah. like obviously i'd still love him to be walter yes. because that's just that was his name yes but like when ludwig kaiser calls him gunta i yes. was like oh well, uh, that's kind of terrifying. It's more a uh, goonta. It's more like yeah, weird... like the way he says yeah. it. It works, and I was like, you know, that's not that bad. And the ring general, I was like, yeah, I like it. I like the presentation. I think I got. And, I think I got they want to more... go ahead. They want to trademark it, so it's like at the end of the day, I get that too. I think it ultimately got made fun of because on paper, most Americans read it as Gunther. And it's like, what the, f- what do yeah. you mean you're calling him Gunther? Right. But now it's, and it's yeah. like, oh, okay. I get it. Kind of like, kind of like when they call him Walter, because Walter's kind of funny just to say out loud. Yeah. Unless you're like Walter White. It's like, what the? Yes. Like, see, it's like, it's the way you, they say it mm-hmm. that works. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. I don't mind it anymore. I'm still going to call him Walter. Yeah. But. Well, it was Gunta uh, who successfully defended his title against Sheamus in a, what was a all out brawl, uh, unbelievably hard hitting match. Uh, You know, I just. I understood where you come from, like with the beginning part. Yes. Yeah. To be clear, this was the match I was talking about before where like, I was not really into the beginning of the the part. So I didn't get into like the overall, like, holy crap, match of the year contender sphere, but it was still. It wasn't a match of the year contender. Yeah. It was (laughs) still incredibly (laughs) good. It was step below for me. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. It's for me is in the WWE match of the year contender conversation easily might be good point the match of the year i think that's my that's my way of looking at it because i thought it was fantastic i thought it was phenomenal stuff like once they got going it was like this is this is and the crowd loved it and Mm -hmm. and walter's just so good like this guy like maybe chopped him the entire time yeah and it didn't matter because, like, the way he chops, it feels different every time. You know, he went overhand, backhand to the face, backhand again. Oh, and to like, the neck. It's just, and like the way they did it of like Sheamus getting dominated and yeah. destroyed, and then him fighting back. And I was like, man, Sheamus has a baby face. Like, that has wheels if you want to go with it. It, it had an un, like, it was unbelievably brutal, but it had an an unforeseen level of psychology that I wasn't yes. expecting and like doing the whole calling back to Seamus's back, you know, issues. Mm, and then that using was, that as that the finish. <laughs> I was like, wow. All right. The, I was not expecting a level of psychology in this match. The closing stretch, like five minutes was fantastically done because of that. Yeah. And like they made like the, it, some people might call it a botch power bomb, but like they made it work perfectly. Yes. Cause like, oh, he landed on his tailbone. So now it's like that's like he tried to block it. Yeah. But that that hurt and then they worked that in and then they did another power bomb. And they fucking dex him with that lariat. 
to win. Uh, and that's why I always liked Walter because he always won with like everything. He yeah. never had like the set finisher. Yeah. Like I guess the splash kind of is. But he he's he is someone like he is a Zack Sabre Jr. type where it's mm. like he might have like one finisher he uses yeah. more, but he yeah. has all these different ways mm. to really beat you. It could be a powerbomb, could be a yeah, splash, like, could be a, a lariat. Right. Like that Champa match that mm-hmm. he had when he beat him with the chop and i was like that's fucking awesome yeah um like that was great or the dragon of match obviously i didn't think it hit that it wasn't that dragon of match and yeah. i didn't expect it to be that yeah but it was even better than what i expected to be i expected like uh it, it was an absolute brawl it was big meaty men slapping meat it was you know it was fantastic like you said the way that sh- they because Sheamus had the story mm-hmm. of he's never been intercontinental champion, yep, which and, I still cannot believe they've never done that story until now. Oh my, no, well, I can, we <laughs> well, know who was running it, that's true, and now it's a good story for the rest of his career to go with. <laughs> like, that's completely and, agreed. And you know what's so funny? I thought this match was perfect, it was like everything in the ending that the main event wasn't that you had the fighting baby face who was emotional and wanted to get that title mm-hmm. and he wasn't even a baby face that's the best part Seamus isn't a baby face he's a heel yep and you have Walter who's just destroying him but Seamus keeps fighting back and fighting back like when he hit the power bomb and he gets up he's like all right just fucking kill me and he does and it's like that's kind of how Drew McIntyre should have went out yeah and yeah because this also was a ap- this also was a face turn as well by the way like oh, that's yeah. what happened here. oh yeah and the post match yeah was fantastic like the 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 uh, that's how drew should have went out yes right not singing and dancing and like that Part- was wanting perfect. to party <laughs> right like that match was everything that i wanted it to be yeah it elevated the intercontinental t- title like now it feels like that's the work man's title again. Yeah. And I always thought that putting it on Walter was the right choice. Yep. And now like, I'm very excited because are they going to do Imperium versus Seamus, Butch and Ridge? Feels like, like it. that's awesome. Feels like it. And like Butch is becoming Pete Dunn again. Yep. Slowly. Right. Yep. So it's it's exciting. It's actually like they legitimately have something exciting now yeah. on SmackDown without the world title involved because Gunther is so good and he's got his group back. And guys, Giovanni Vinci is like one of the most underrated wrestlers in so the world. He's I think so good. he's so good. He's unbelievably um, good. I, I also see maybe Eichner. I'll for also those who say don't know who that is, by the way. <laughs> I'll also say that, you know you know triple h wants to do more long-term storytelling mm. sheamus, sheamus could, should still kind of beat him sheamus should beat him if not at wrestlemania i also don't think it should be wrestlemania i think yeah. it should be at clash of the castle 2 next year mm. when he I wants also, to do another one and maybe do that one at, in, in ireland right yeah uh so, i didn't think and, about and, this and then it could also easily be the main event you build it up for the year no. it could do the main event just like SummerSlam was in england it, it's it's right that'd be there. awesome it's right there i would I, love it, that i would love that story it would be a great story and then to and then that is the culmination of seamus's year-long travel to get the title that's always eluded him and then by then you have guther having the 
year plus long reign, so it's okay for him to lose. Yep. Too. Um, Establish the think about, title completely. I did presumably. think about this. I wouldn't be shocked though if Triple H begins to uh, push and develop Pete Dunne for that spot too. True. I did think about that. I like the Sheamus story better. Yes. Because of what I saw yesterday and how invested people were, but I just wouldn't be shocked. And also, I can see. Pete I Dunn remember being... the I remember the Walter Pete Dunn match. That was fantastic. It I would was. not mind seeing that again. <laughs> now, I think Pete Dunn could be an, uh, uh, he breaks away from that group and uh, becomes his own person. That's a good challenge. You know, that's sure. a good pay per view challenge match. Um, I think that's how you can kind of make him Pete Dunn again. Yeah, is that challenge? Is I don't want to be Butch anymore. I would be. Wait, hold on. Pete Dunne's with Sheamus. Never mind. Hold on. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it still works. He can still challenge. You, for you for can him. because he can show like Pete Dunne mm-hmm. fully in that match and still lose. Um, also, I wouldn't mind if we got Walter versus Tyler Bate again. Just saying, I don't forget that match. And you know, I need to go back and watch that match. But like, I remember that being fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of ways to go with Gunta. Exactly. And Sheamus now, which yeah. is cool. I think Sheamus versus Roman Reigns is another match you have. If you're going to have Sheamus and the baby face, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I completely agree. And they haven't done it yet. They haven't. They really haven't. They actually haven't done that yet. Uh, and then opening Sheamus up the show, opening up the show at Clash of the Castle was uh, Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Neo Sky, defeating the team of Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Bianca Belair. The right people won. Yeah. How hard was that yeah. to have the right people win? And not you know, just you that, messed it up on Raw. So not just that, but it was also Bailey pinning Bianca Belair, the women's champion, uh, to get that win. So not only get the right people to win, but now we got a title I mean, match. <laughs> they hit all three finishers, but yes, <laughs> Bailey did yes. Um, do that. I think so. So the way I watched this match was some of it was good, had good parts. Obviously, they're learning still together. This mm-hmm. was their first match together, despite debuting over a month ago. Yep. Um, obviously, EO and Dakota have been working together. You could kind of see that, but they haven't worked with Bailey yet. Yep. So you could see like bits of that, like oh, they're not they're not fully on the same page yet. But I also got like some feeling of the Shield and the way they worked their match, mm-hmm. like with the beat down and. So I think they're going to be really good. I think there was a lot. There are some really good parts in here. Some not so good parts. A little, a little clunky, but it did the job. And I think this damage control group is really exciting. Mm-hmm. So let's not mess them up again. Yeah. All right. I feel like they got some momentum back with by beating Bianca of all people. I think this was a fine match. There were some, like you said, communication issues, some yeah. some stuff that just didn't really quite work together uh, between both teams and both between sure. both teams, you know, connecting as well. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, fine match for what what it was. Uh, I agree. It was, you know, the first time damage control ever was a unit in a match. Yeah, which is crazy. So they have a lot of stuff to figure out. Which I'm surprised I they, they would have wasted that on Raw. I'm surprised they before. didn't do that on like a house show or something to try to. I know that's what I checked. I was like, they must have had a house show match. They didn't. Yeah, I mean, this is Bailey's. And Bailey's only wrestled twice before Th- this. This was her fourth. Time. <laughs> One of them was against Aaliyah. I think. <laughs> if you count, if you count the house shows, this was her fourth time. Oh, fourth. Yes. Yeah, so. 
so like again that's also like getting used to wrestling with the injury and yeah or post injury and getting used to a group and like there was a lot that they had to get through and i think i think there's signs that they're going to be really good together i Mm -hmm. think that's my biggest takeaway yeah which is good I think I think ultimately I think kind of what we're alluding to is that it was this match was a slight disappointment but an understandable disappointment mm. in that way mm. is that we both get why it didn't quite live up to expectations and hopefully yeah. if they do this match later we'll have all that stuff ironed out. And certain ma- in certain parts of it like had good stuff like I said like it also depended who was in the ring. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. Alexa Bliss seemed very off. Yeah, she did. Very off. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to like say Oscar it, but Oscar and EO were was... like seamless, and they've also been working on house shows, so mm-hmm. like that helps too. And as you know, they've worked together before, so that's not crazy. But yeah, it, Alexa Bliss made a lot of it clunky. Yeah. Um, she was really and uh, it wasn't just one. her. Everyone had a little cl- like clunkiness. But like that was like glaring. Which you also have to remember that she Alexa Bliss, she doesn't wrestle either for a while. No, but she's also she was the replacement of Becky Lynch, yeah. right? Like this would right. have been Becky's spot. This would have been a bigger match. That is also true. And I thought and they built it up pretty big, but I think I think there's there's a lot to take out of it that's positive mm-hmm. too, which is nice. Um, the the trick will be having to find threesomes to go against them. Yes. Yes. Which they figured out for the shield. Yeah. So they can probably do it here. Uh, because the shield never fought against, except for the Wyatt family, they never fought against like other factions. It was always three guys tossed together. So. But then at that point, you also need to start thinking of maybe doing a women's faction, face faction, I guess. Mm-hmm. For sure. Or just for another sure. faction I- to do that. And I think I think damage control has the momentum at least, despite the loss on Monday. Mm-hmm. Like I think they kind of bounce back from that. You need to rectify that, by the way. Like you need to give them the titles eventually. Um, but I wouldn't mind if they did the whole like, oh, we're the champions of the brand. Yeah. Like I wouldn't mind that. Bianca said the belt for a long time. So that, like if her losing would be a bad thing. Yeah. Um, kickoff for I don't. Did you watch the kickoff? I did not watch. Well, the kickoff was Mad Cat Moss and the Street Profits defeating Alpha Academy and Austin Theory. This match was aggressively fine. Uh, nothing, nothing it too crazy. Sounds aggressively fine. Aggressively fine show here. They, um, they didn't let Chad Gable and Montez Ford cook. No, I mean they definitely wrestled against each other, but they didn't cook. Uh, it was a six-minute match, so not a lot of time for six guys oh, yeah, to well, cook. You can't cook. Yeah, you, you can't, can't cook in five minutes. No, no, no. So I mean, it was. I, it was. I can because like you just heat things up, but you know. If I put some salt in it to help that for some reason help bo- cook it faster, is that something? Do you know about that boiling? Put salt in boiling water that for some reason makes it boil faster. I don't understand anything. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> All out is happening tonight, Sunday, September fourth. Um, so we, you and I are already excited about it. We already talked about it. They announced a whole slew of pay-per-view matches, uh, seven more matches, uh, for this uh, upcoming show. Uh, one more zero an hour. hour long review, by the way. Yes. It's, uh, uh, yeah. Well, we're talking about Clash of the Castle. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. I, it was, name, I don't think we've ever done that. 
before. We've definitely never done it for WWE <laughs> unless it was WrestleMania. But that was so. Oh, well, we definitely do it for AEW. I that's mean, we have true. an entire show dedicated to it. So. Exactly right. Uh, but let's talk about the. Well, additional... you two pay per views in one. You should. <laughs> let's talk about those additional <laughs> matches. So the first match that was. Oh, I'm just going to talk about these in whatever order. But uh, the first match: the Elite versus the Dark Order and Adam I'll be right Page. Back. Okay, perfect. Uh, I'll talk about this first: the Elite versus Dark Order and Adam Page for the AEW World Trios Title Tournament Finals. Um, obviously been building up the tournament finals. We've been having, uh, some great matches on ramp. Well, some okay matches in rampage, but last rampage match was pretty good with, uh, dark order and page versus the best friend. I thought that was a pretty good match. And then I know Scotty wants to talk about it. So I'm delaying it enough, but, uh, a fantastic semifinal match. Um, uh, not my match of the year, but certainly a contender for probably some people, uh, with, uh, United empire versus the elite. It was everything you would have expected it to be. I think there's even stuff in the tank. Aussie Open versus the Young Bucks. I talked about it before in the show that I thought that that is, to me, probably the biggest tag match that would interest me the most is Young Bucks versus Aussie Open. And then that's just... the And their interactions were great in this match, but they paled even in comparison to Omega and Osprey, no one thought. You know, people thought, no, they maybe they won't touch that much and and hold off. No, they started the match aggressive against each other. Osprey was just a dick the entire time to Omega, and Kenny Omega just kept fighting back. And it was just everything about this semifinal match was fantastic. Uh, and of course, it led <clears throat> to the finals we're getting here. But yeah. Scotty, I know you had thoughts about the Osprey Omega. I mean, Osprey versus Omega Part One. Uh, 100% this match is happening down the road. I I cannot wait for it. I don't know when it will happen. I kind of feel like Wrestle Kingdom's a good look. However, you also want a crowd there, so I also feel like AEW is also a very good look. You know Tony Khan is going to argue to have this match in the States. So what did you think about uh, that semifinal match? I know you have some thoughts. The first one should happen at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then I think the second one happens on AEW pay-per-view. And the third one happens at Forbidden Door. Ooh, three matches over the course of the year? I think so. I think you can do that. I think you can. I think those two are so brilliant as professional wrestlers that I have no problem with them doing that. I know they, they can be creative with it. And... It was, it was just perfectly done, um, in terms of that trios match and how did you want them to interact, right? Because that's the match that Kenny Omega has been building up, not this elite Bullet Club stuff that people are so in love with. And I, don't get me wrong, I love the elite, I love Hangman Page, but mm-hmm. like to me this was the match if they were going to do it this was the match of the tournament that had the most story and had the most interest for me yep and they hit it they they did even better than i expected in terms of the omega osprey stuff because they interacted and not only did they interact they started off the match and they and when i say they i mean you know Kenny Kenny's so good like he's <laughs> he's unbelievable he is, like 
when people put Kenny Omega like greatest of all time conversation, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And it's because he's just such a master at the craft in the ways that he does it, right? The first match he has back, fantastic stuff. Yeah. And he sells that he's rusty. No one for a second actually thinks Kenny Omega's rusty. No. But he made you feel the whole time. He's like, oh, you know, he's building himself back. Mm-hmm. And the second match, right? He doesn't have the shoulder thing. He's making his way back. Mm-hmm. But he still has the shirt on. And it's kind of like it's kind of like that situation where you're like, you don't know what's gonna happen when you someone eventually rips it off, right? Because this dude was put yeah. back together, yeah, in a lot of ways. Like what's it was under the shirt, you know. I know he does like the Terminator thing. He was put back together. He's the he million dollar rebuilt. man, <laughs> right? And Osprey being the guy to reveal all the bandages and the wounds, and it's perfect. It's perfect, and they are just so good together. And by the way, the Kenny Omega entrance was. Just a fantastic way to start this. Kenny Omega is more handsome and does more community charity work than Will Ospreay. Yeah. Kenny Omega is 1 0 against Will Ospreay. <laughs> Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are 3 0 against Will Ospreay and Trio's match. Like yeah. it was, it's just so smart, right? Yeah. Yeah. And these two are so good at what they do that I had no doubt that they were going to be great, but they were just better. It was yeah. just better. And I heard you talking about how the Young Bucks and Aussie Open, like they they showed what that can be. It they was, have it was, a, it was a nice chef kiss tease for oh, me. I was like, oh, it, there it, was we just, go. it was just a taste. It was yeah. just a taste, right? Both were just a taste, but it ended up being an incredible match. And I'm actually stunned, by the way, that Meltzer didn't give this five stars. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, you thought this was worse than the match last week? I thought the Death Triangle Aussie Open Osprey match was fantastic as well, but I was like, yeah. if anything, they're on the same playing field here. Um, they are going to have one of the best matches. Like, when they wrestle, it's going to be the match of the year. Yes. I'm that confident that, yeah. like, that's how good they were in this. It was all just a tease in what was a nearly 25-minute match or something. It was fantastically done. This trio's tournament has been perfection on one side of the bracket. Like, one side of the bracket has made up for the other side in the fact yeah. that it feels like the titles are very important now mm-hmm. without them being on anyone. And you gotta finish the job tonight. If the elite loss lose, it's all for naught, I think. Really? Like, Even against the Dark Order and, and Adam Page, you dude, know, that whole angle? They listen, I I think it's gonna be a fit I think it's gonna be a fantastic match because you and me talked about like how silver and Reynolds are pretty pretty solid, right? Yeah. And hangman's obviously incredible. And, and you know yeah. you know there's gonna be a spot in the match where someone's gonna where Adam Page is gonna look for a uh a lariat to Matt Jackson probably and, and then refi- and, and then not do hesitate, it for whatever reason. Because yeah. they're they're beautiful storytellers. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be fantastic. But I think you just need the elite to be the first champion. Right, I get that. I still get that. You you know, you made Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian your first tag champs. 
was that the was that the right decision? I don't think so. I think I still think it just should have been the Young Bucks, even though people were like, "Oh, they should." No, shut up, shut up. They should have been okay. Just like Cody Rhodes was the right choice to be the first TNT champion. Yeah. Just like Chris Jericho was the right choice to be the first champion, and you know, I think Riho Riho is nowhere to be found. So I can't even say if that was the right choice or not because she's just never there. Yeah. Um, but the tag title is the best comparison. I don't think Hangman Page and his buddies or his like kind of friends is the right choice. I think it's the right choice from that side of the bracket. Yeah. Like this is the match you had the book. Yes. But you you held off on these titles for one man. <laughs> Finish the job. Yeah. And it means more great trios matches from the elites. So like that too. Yeah, and I think, you know, they're obviously the bigger stars, obviously the bigger draws as well, obviously the better match matches as well. It's would be foolish. I could see a reality where Dark Warner and Adam Page win. I could see the reality of, like, of them. They lose because the Hangman hesitates. Yeah, and I think that's a great story as well, is that it's, you know, he hesitates oh, because be, he's be starting be having to have that friendship with the Young Bucks again. But then it's also the story of like, okay, well, how do Paige and Omega feel about each other, right? That mm. that element of that story. You know, we know how yeah. the Young Bucks Two baby face teams. Yeah, and that's so that's a different element to the whole thing. Is Omega going to play into the heel stuff against Omega's Paige? Omega's such a good prick, so he can do whatever he, he wants. You know, <laughs> it's it is fascinating to see the next chapter of this this saga Dude. and what unfolds in this instance. I need Omega and Danielson again now that Omega's 100%. Because, like, Omega right now already feels so much yeah. better than he was at the end of his run. Mm -hmm. And his match with Danielson was, like, you know, fantastic. Yeah. So it's like, give it to me again. Give me all these matches again. Kenny, Kenny and CM Punk is going to be amazing. And, oh, man, I'm just so excited. Like, Kenny is so back. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. I would love Couldn't to see. Could be more back if he tried. I would love to see Omega versus Moxley again. I would love to see that. Yeah, because I think they have a lot to make up for. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, that'd be great. That'd be great. But uh, what else? Omega, Kenny, Kenny versus everyone. Kenny, Kenny. I just want to see Omega on my television. Uh, another trios match here, not for any titles. He's he's he's, he's shooting hundred percent so far. Uh, another trios match here: Darby Allen, Miro, Sting versus House of Black. This one's juicy. I'm excited for this one. I'm yeah, it's a little. There's some. <laughs> there's some juice on the bone. There's some meat on the bone there. The Miro Sting Darby promo. I thought that was great. That was very. It was very well done. It was very yeah. well done. It was also Miro's so good at promos. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. The word of the Redeemer. He had a manager for years. Do you remember that? Like, it's like, wow, really? This guy? And I think they worked together, but like this guy, like this guy gets it. Yeah. Um. Looks like it looks like, and we get to see Sting it. wrestle. Sting doesn't miss either. So Sting has not missed, and you know, it's so crazy to say. It's unbelievable in 2022 that Sting is like, you know, he's not the best on the roster, but it's like he doesn't he doesn't put in a bad performance at all. And he, I get more, I get so excited for Sting matches. And my friend who mm -hmm. I'm watching the show with tonight. We had this hilarious situation. So when Sting was coming back, yeah, or to, or coming to WWE, he wasn't coming back. 
my friend was so excited. So my friend's favorite wrestler of all time is The Undertaker or Daniel Bryan now. Um, Bryan Danielson. But of course. You get the point. And he was, he loves Sting from like, just like videos he'd watch. And he always wanted to see Sting show up. And I remember, you know, we were watching, we weren't watching it together, but that Survivor Series where he did debut. And I just remember him freaking the fuck out that Sting showed up. And then every single time Sting showed up after that on Raw or whatever, he missed it. <laughs> every single time. He shut off the TV early and went to bed. He's like, ah, Sting's not showing up. <laughs> and he missed it every single time. And I had, I don't think he has a clue that Sting's wrestling tonight. So I'm excited for him to see that. Yeah. Um, but that's like a funny thing that like anytime Sting showed up as a surprise, my friend missed it. After that, it was great. Does he know um, that Sting is in AEW? He does know that. He okay. does know that. He, but he does. I don't think he knows that Sting is wrestling a match. Oh my god! Against like real wrestlers? Yeah, like a, <laughs> in, like, a legit match. Yeah, and yeah. He was like, probably I think he's seen like crazy. Sting highlights, obviously, of like Sting jumping off shit. Yeah, which <laughs> is undoubtedly going to happen again in this match. By the way, yeah, I can't wait for this one. Like. I know people get upset that like they don't have more singles matches or whatever. Yeah. But sure. these trios matches bang. <laughs> Look, the reason Sting is in trios matches and in tag teams is because he's also like a geriatric old man. Like let's be real here, right? Though also gonna... let's do CM Punk versus Sting. Yeah, that would be a that's good. that would be a great fantastic match, but And whoever doesn't like that cry to your cry to your cry to your fucking mother i don't care i need that that's imagine scotty imagine imagine heel cm punk versus sting yeah trying to win the world title one more time if the match may not be at all time or put the build and everything the storytelling in the match would be great it's dude tony Khan, just throw the dart at the wall and see what happens why not why not i agree with you i think that's that would sell pay-per-views that might sell that would would be probably a tv defense ultimately uh that's a grand slam type defense or a or a fighter fest or yeah uh, that's a that's quick by the lake <laughs> quick by the lake defense big ratings go for the big ratings spot yeah. because you you're gonna sell your paper oh that's a winter is coming uh uh main event that's, that's a, a good call that's a good yeah because that's where he debuted too. yeah that's that that's that defense that'd be sick but that should be good i don't think they're gonna do that but that'd be great no i don't have an opinion <laughs> on who should win this trios match um uh, probably House of Black. I mean, yeah, based like, off of uh, what we've been. Uh, yeah, you know. I, I would imagine House of Black. Maybe it would be okay if Sting and Darby lost the match together. <laughs> I agree. Um, we kind of already reviewed this kind and of. Darby, but we but now actually have match participants, so I think it's better to review this now. Yeah, I would say so. The Casino Ladder Match: Claudio Castagnoli, Ray Phoenix, Andrade, Roosh, Penta, Wheeler Yuta, Dante Martin, and the Joker. Um, not from Batman, but the casual Joker. Um, so what are your thoughts on this match? And then who do you think is going to win? And why is it the Joker? And who is the Joker? <laughs> They've never had a better shot at a great ladder match in AEW than they do with this one. <laughs> well, I mean, they also remember the one where Adam Page came back? That casino ladder? That was match? a great one. That was a great one. That was a good one. That was a great. That's the best one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you look at these participants and you think of insanity. <laughs> And you think of Ray Phoenix and Dante Martin and even Andrade, that's psycho. Uh, you know, yeah. Andrade might be a little bigger and like more muscular nowadays, but he's a psycho. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and throw in Yuta, and, and you have that fatal four way, which was really yeah. good. Uh, and you have and you have no, sorry, Claudio, uh-huh. who's probably gonna just destroy someone with a European uppercut, and Roosh, who's been fantastic since he's come to AEW. This is the best Roosh think, I've ever seen. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I think people need to recognize how great Roosh has been in AEW because he's been controlled. Yes, and yes. he's probably getting a nice paycheck. Yes. I, and he's like, you know what? I don't care if I win. Like, I've yeah, I'll just su- have great matches. I've been super negative about Roosh for a while now, and him yeah. and AEW is like, okay, this guy's. I can see, I can see what people saw him. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I finally get it. But yeah, it's gonna be great. But who is the Joker? Ryan. So who is the Joker? Obviously, there's rumors about Adam Cole being healthy again. Uh, there's rumors that MJF is returning to the company soon. Um. Dude, MJF needs to come back within the next month. Or I'm gonna be pissed. Every time, uh, <laughs> other other contenders. Uh, every time there's a mystery person at AEW right now, everyone thinks Bray Wyatt. Because uh, did someone start a rumor about Kota Ibushi? Is that what I saw? Uh, yes, but based on the evidence that Ibushi is coming to America soon for oh, shoulder stuff and the idea of. It's not well the uh, the other it's the idea of uh, the hint of tony khan saying that what was the what was the specific wording on no he says a lot of things dude it's hard to keep track um let me see if i can find that specific wording um ro- the that the roster's strength will be at a hundred percent it's very right. specific wording so there there was that maybe maybe that hints Kodabushi. Maybe the idea of like, hey Rocky, you have any other guys from New Japan? Kodabushi versus John Moxley at Grand Slam sounds pretty good to me. Um, or Punk also sounds pretty good to me. Um, there's also the idea of maybe well Osprey is not going to be there because of New Japan. No, Osprey can be there because of New Japan. Yes, he's not there yet. He's not there. Uh, he said he's done with AEW, but he could be lying. He could be the Joker. So I think those are... Oh, shit! I forgot what to talk about earlier. What? Sorry. After this, we need to talk about Osprey and Omega one more time. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I just remembered my main point of why I wanted to talk about it. But Joker, I think I think it'll be Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. I think that's a safe bet. I, I don't know how you have MJF return. I think post-world title match. The challenge is that you and I both believe, and I think it's a solid thought, that the winner of this will be challenging Punk mm. or Moxley at Grand Slam. So it's Grand Slam. Uh, you obviously want a good ratings thing, but it's also one of the bigger arenas you go for, 20,000 seats, right? They're biggest, right? Yeah, it's one of... I, they do? I think so. So it's definitely something you were going to try to get your biggest... Last year, you did a dream match. Punk versus MJF will definitely sell tickets, but will it sell enough? Is Punk Cole enough of a dream match? It doesn't really have any build. It's you know, is no, Cole but it is Moxley? a world title match. Is a world title, so there's that. And if you pair it with like a trios title match or something with Danielson mm-hmm. and you know yeah. the Blackpool Combat Club. You can make it work. I don't see any other casino ladder match participant being a main event world title match at Grand Slam. Yeah. I think um, they should do Danielson versus Shingo at Grand Slam. That would be great. 
he's going to be he's going to be in the U.S. the week before. Mm-hmm. So like, and I'll raise you this. I'll raise him. you this special guest referee Tatsumi Fujinami. Thought about that? Huh? <laughs> Thought about that? Uh, <laughs> why not? Uh, no, I did not think about that. Sorry. I, I personally, why not? Personally, Who I think, no. I think if they're not doing a dream match, uh, yeah. which I don't know what that dream match would be, uh, mm-hmm. in this instance, and, and you know, like a Danielson Omega level. Um, and being a world title match, unless they do another match that is the main event under if they timed the main, it you know. right, which they didn't, so this isn't gonna happen. Perfect, but great like, start. <laughs> Punk versus Kingston for the title would have been yeah. perfect. I, yeah, I guess I still the could rematch, be, it still could in be New York. Yeah, they're not gonna do it. No, um, I, I think I, you're right. Like, I think ultimately it's MJF, ultimately for me. Dude, I don't know what we're doing with MJF. I could see MJF come back after that main event. Yeah, me too. Potentially too. Or cost or cost Punk the the mm-hmm. win. Yeah, I could see that. Um, In which I case, then I have no idea who John Moxley will be facing. The next main event. Mm-hmm. MJF's got to come back in the next month. Yeah, unless he's not coming back at all, um, mm-hmm. which I don't think for a second that's the truth. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess that's the fun of this, that they have all this excitement that we could talk about this. Um, Joker, though, if it's Adam Cole, I don't think he should win. Then who do you think should win? In, in, in your, in well, your, the problem is you it, play the Grand Slam game, and like then it should be Adam Cole because no one else is big enough. Well, that, like, if it's so that plays the idea is that in your in your theory right now it sounds like you're sort of going with MJF costing Punk and Moxley retaining right, uh, which by the way that um match... no no I okay I think I think I'll get to the main event in a second but I don't think John Moxley should be AEW World Champion after tonight. Ooh. Ooh, let's just, there's just... so much more story with CM Punk as the champion. And I understand I'm a CM Punk diehard here, but I'm not like saying it as that. I think there's a lot of story to still go through with Punk as champion. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree to and, that. And I, I kind of love the idea of MJF having to be AEW savior from a heel CM Punk. That would be wild. That's a it would wild be, idea. It would be crazy, but it would work. Yeah. I, I um, don't know. I think... I just want to see him punk low blow tonight to win. I think ultimately... He is Chicago. He is Chicago. We can't forget We that. are Chicago. I think ultimately, I think... And John Alba's in Chicago. <laughs> what is John Alba? <laughs> he tweeted, I am Chicago, I am in you or something. Oh, the other yeah. day, and, I, and I laughed. Uh... Uh, Thinking to the CM Punk. <laughs> I think ultimately, if you this the match to me that would sell the most tickets and stuff for a Grand Slam is probably MJF versus Punk, for sure for the world for title. Sure. And then I, that I, and I then agree. that could be MJF winning the world title. That'd be crazy. That'd be a lot of uh, hot potato with your title, but I don't think it would be that bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough I one. I have no idea. It's a tough one. Is this our what, what match were we talking? Oh, we were talking about the Joker. And yeah, stuff. yeah. We got a lot um, of stuff. It's, it's been an so hour. Do you think four- it's MJF? I think it's MJF. I think it's MJF, and he's winning. I 
think it'll be Dante Martin. Adam Cole. I think it's going to be Luther, and he will be the Joker, and he will win uh, the title. I uh, think it will be Sasha Banks. Woohoo! I like that. I like that. I think be it's so lucky to get Sasha Banks in that match. I think it's going to be Onita, and he's going to win. <laughs> What was, I think it's gonna be uh, Fa- Fabi Apache because she just left AAA. Uh, anyone else? Anyone else we can add? Uh, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be um, um, Glenn Gerberi or whatever the Disco Inferno. I think it's gonna be Hiroshi Tanahashi. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Um, okay, do you want to go back to your Osprey Omega take? Oh yes, 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 yes. So during that match. There were dual chants of let's go or Omega. Mm-hmm. Will uh, like they Osprey. were going back yeah. and forth. Mm-hmm. Wasprey has a four matches or five in AEW. Yeah. Uh, and he's getting and he's getting dual chants with Kenny Omega. In, you know, in in Chicago, when we got into Korea at a curve and all this other stuff. I yeah. guess, but come on, man. It's like, it's this also is... what's also unbelievable about that is that they haven't explained who Will Osprey is yet in this company, right? I mean, they've they no, haven't... no, and I think this guy has done exactly what I expected him to when I said he was going to be the guy at AEW all the time. He has. Six matches. Six matches if you count the Forbidden Door show. Has has Will Ospreay become the get from New Japan for for AEW? Is he now the get? Even with Kazuchika Okada in conversation and Tetsuya Naito. Like, I think he's the guy that, you know, you get to pick anyone. They're going to pick him nine times out of ten. I would. I would. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I think he is arguable wrestler of the year. I think he's arguable. Is he the wrestler of New Japan? Hmm. This year? This year? That's a thinker. Yeah. He's easily the yeah, he's easily wrestler of the year, but he has he has. Sorry, sorry, Okada diehards. Well, I'm saying that I'm saying that only because Osprey also has the breadth of of AEW, Rev Pro, all the indie stuff uh, as well. Yeah. But just then, for New Japan, yeah, then, then uh, it's probably still kind of. Yeah, I would have to think um, about that one. But it's an interesting thing, though. It's like I think I just I just wanted to bring that up because like I was shocked. Yeah. That there were people against Omega at all for Osprey. Yeah. It was like fifty fifty. It's uh, he's he's an unbelievable work rate guy, and he can. And I know stories. people. I know people hate him. I get why that shirt that he that shirt that he came out with this week was brilliant. Yeah. The Bruv shirt, I laughed for Bruv. like a full minute. I was like, that is listen, his whole like the, the merch thing that we had to deal with, like the Kevin Nash shit and you know, the Kenny Omega and all that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stop laughing because I was like, that shirt's probably gonna sell very well. Yeah. <laughs> it's just bruv. <laughs> just bruv. Um yeah. Wrestling. No, that's really good. Wrestling baby. Uh another match announced Pac versus Kip Sabian for the all Atlantic title kind of thought this was the what was gonna happen gonna happen and all officially got announced uh, Pac, Pac should win this <laughs> Pac should it's disappointing because Pac should win this but Kip Sabian almost needs a little bit of a rub uh mm. ultimately he just needs to look really good 
it's yeah. Kip Sabian. He doesn't have like the biggest, best track record of being a really, really great wrestler. I think he's mm. a solid guy, but you know. So, I I I specifically tweeted this out for this show. So, I I what what's everyone most excited for on the AEW All Out card? Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to, I wanted to see. Obviously, like you know, you get the main event, you get the trios finals. Yeah, there's a, there's a... You, you, you got 15 matches to pick from. <laughs> um, and I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of trios finals, obviously, I've seen you know, world title match, of course. But there is a lot of Hobbs versus Starks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's FTR and Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Jade and Athena. Yeah. But I've seen some pack in Kip Sabian, and I think that's very cool. Really I think good. it's very cool that in a show where you're getting Jericho and Danielson, the elite versus Hangman and his buddies, a woman's match where you'll have a new interim woman's champion, um, a sting match, you know, all these matches. The people are giving this match, which is on the pre-show, some love and care. I think that's very nice. I'm happy yeah. for them because, like you said, Kip Sabian's like, you just need to have a good showing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I actually finally, I, I was going through this, and I actually found a Christian Jungle Boy. Oh. I did not think anyone give a shit. So that's shocking. <laughs> well, that's one, one out of It's one out of, like, 47 responses. Can but we, it's one. Can we shout them out? Um, I already got away from it, so no. I don't think they. Fo- <laughs> Sorry. I don't think they followed me. Sorry, whoever that person is. Uh, but hey, good for you. Well, I would shout them out, but like I disagree. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, like I'm more excited for Hook versus Angela Parker than I am for that match. Um, <laughs> that's maybe that's a me problem. But like, we're getting Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii tonight. Yeah, and that's. There's a lot of I'm matches about. There's a lot of matches. There's a lot of matches. Uh, but Kip Stadium and Pack is a very interesting one to me. I think Pack should win, but I'm happy Kip Sabian's return match is on a pay per view, even if it's zero hour. It's still on a pay per view. I agree. You kind of already mentioned it. Hook versus Angelo Parker for the FTW title match. Uh, they really should have done Matt Menard. No offense, to Angelo Parker, but just for the comedy, they should have done that. I agree. I maybe agree. maybe maybe they're saving that for Grand Slam. Now we're talking, baby. I feel <laughs> I feel like they announced that match at some point of Matt Menard and Hook, and it just never happened. I I, I feel like I have they some sort of rampage. Yeah, I feel like it was a rampage match, and I had some sort of Bearstein Bear situation happening with me, maybe. But I feel like I, that match was announced and just never. I don't know. But yeah, I, you know, fine, cool. Uh, they also announced Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello versus Ruby Soho and Ortiz for the AAA World Mixed Tag Team titles. Um, yeah, no, I think that their first match was really good. I thought the second match was fine. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do here. I guess the second match was they're leaving stuff for the pay-per-view. Um, so I'm hoping they get some good stuff out of it because I think, you know, I don't think the titles are going to change or anything, but, uh, you know, I stuff has been fine to good so far. So. Kind of interested to see what happens here. Fine to good. <laughs> and then, of course, the main event that was also officially announced that we all kind of proposed or thought of, CM Punk versus Adam Page for the AEW. Sorry, not Adam Page. John Moxley. CM Punk versus John Moxley for the 
AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Um, yeah, this match would kick ass. Can I die on my sword now? Go for it. I believe that this match is the best built AEW World title match for a pay-per-view. Not including Hangman and Kenny. I agree. I think I agree. And well, I have to run through everything in my head, but I believe. What was sure the last one? Last Hangman one. And, Hangman and Punk was good. It was good build, but yeah. I think this has been better. It was like a month, maybe a build or something. Yeah, and like it was, it didn't have us. I think there's a with the backstage stuff. It's really helping this yeah. too. Yeah. Before that was Hangman and Kenny. Yep. No. No. No, it wasn't. It was Hangman and Adam Cole. That was a yeah. pay per view match. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Then it was Hangman and Kenny. Yep. And then it was Kenny and Christian Cage. Yeah, get out of here with that. <laughs> it was Kenny and Pack and Orange Cassie. Get out of here with that. It was Kenny and John Moxley and their firework extravaganza. Get, get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. Um, it, and the, before that, I think it was Winter's Coming. Maybe know. you know, maybe Winter's Coming match. With I guess, Moxley. yeah, but that's not pay per view. Um, anyways, anyways, Ooh, I think John Mox. Oh, so here we go. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston full gear. I quit match. That was a good one. That, that was a good, good one. one. That was good I remember one. that being good. This, like the way they've done this in such a short amount of time. Is perfect. Like it's been excellent, and I don't know how people see any other why. I don't get it. Yes, I don't know what people are looking for. But like, okay, see, John Moxley's getting his ass beat, and CM Punk runs down, makes a save, makes his epic return to AEW out of nowhere. Right, mm-hmm. so, setting up that match. They have this great back and forth promos, right? Mm-hmm. Pull apart brawls, not once, but twice in the show. Great stuff. They have the title match. John Moxley beats CM Punk's ass in three minutes. And then they place the story of was he ready? Did he? This week, John Moxley goes out there and says, Yeah, I beat CM Punk's ass. Sorry, I beat your boy, Chicago. He just wasn't ready. He wasn't, he wasn't up to it. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff there. Great stuff. And then you have the CM Punk walk. Oh, sorry. I'm emotional. Had to hit my microphone. Uh, You have the CM Punk stuff where he's like, you know, guys, I just don't know if this is worth it anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe my body can't do it anymore. And, you know, classic, like, it's a classic. Classic. A classic Cody promo. And then a steal. Walks his ass out there, drops an F bomb, <laughs> slaps CM Punk in the face, pays a tells fine. Him to, tells him to wake the fuck up. And just like that, you felt like CM Punk flipped the switch yeah. instantly. Yes. Right? And CM Punk in Chicago going through the crowd. This feels as big of a main event as it should. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fantastic. There will be blood. There will be everything. This is going to be violence. 
this is going to be this is going to be everything I hoped it would when I thought the first match was happening here. They also but s- now you have that failure to play off of, and that's exciting. Moxley also kind of teased that it might go to sixty minutes as well. You know, they tease it's that. gonna go long. Yeah. It's gonna go long. It's gonna be bloody. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a war. Mm-hmm. It has it has and, and they tell such great stories that it should be it should be everything but, a world title main event should be but but scotty what are you but, but scotty what are you talking about this can't this build can't be all time it's only a two-week build what are you talking about it can't be it a good is, build if it's it two weeks so funny because you know uh someone someone that i talked to on twitter great guy nick makes some great uh graphic design um so he made my banner on my um twitter and you know he's just fantastic at that stuff and he's very nice and whatnot and he said when i said that this match was perfectly built it's it feels as big as it should Mm -hmm. he said rare wrong opinion from scotty and i said i disagree obviously yeah and and I I see like where some people are coming from, but I really I do, I don't get it. I I don't get it. Everyone's everyone has, can have their own opinion, but I think this feels just as big as it should. I fundamentally disagree with the idea that this is a two week build. I do too. It's been a multi month build. You, this you, is the build of like CM Punk's run. Yeah, you the build of this includes Punk getting injured and Moxley being interim champion because. Moxley being the guy. And why does it include that? Is because when they had the match back, Punk got destroyed and couldn't wrestle because of his foot. And Moxley, who's been training and wrestling constantly for the past couple months, defending his title against top guys or top mid-card guys, put him away in three minutes and, and brought it into the story as well. It is that is included in this build. This is not a two week build, folks. This is a multi month build from the summer. Yes, I get it. It's not your classic build or anything like that. And they really put all the pieces together in the last two weeks. But ultimately, all of that is included in this build. And it's even included in the match because we don't know if Punk's foot is 100%. Oh. Right, like we're going into this, and we're gonna be like, "This could go, this could go two minutes. It could go sixty. Yeah, that's awesome. That's exciting. Yeah, and to just like back up why I think this is great, John Moxley couldn't beat Mance Warner in ten minutes. Yeah, Mance Warner, a guy that doesn't work for this company, a guy that has one match in this company on TV, a guy that resigned he- MLW despite dogging on it. <laughs> But he beat CM Punk. Yeah. In three minutes. Yeah. Right? There's just so much that goes into this. Oh, I can't that's a wait for oh this I see match. that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. He it took him ten minutes to beat guy that's just an indie scrub, but it took him three minutes to beat punk. That really goes to show how down punk is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Yeah, no, it's they're killing it with this build. I'm telling you, man. It's right this, there. Like it's right there, folks. Just I understand. Oh, I understand man. the not we're not spelling it all out or anything like that. Or it, like like I said, I I can I can conceive the idea that it, they're putting it all together in the past two weeks. I get that, but at the same time, that's all. It's all there. This all this whole summer has been the build to this match. 
That's really what this has been. And this whole summer, you know, if Moxley won the title two weeks and then defended it a bunch or whatever, then I I get being a two-week build. But one of the reasons we're excited about this match is because Moxley's been champion for all summer long and put on great matches. Mm-hmm. That's part of mm-hmm. it. That's mm-hmm. part of it. And CM Punk, his best match so far in AEW for me has either been it's probably been the Eddie Kingston match, honestly. I loved that match. That match was because it, it fits the it fits what CM Punk does in the fact that he's great at these wars yeah. with people, these mm-hmm. emotional fought out wars. And that one was like it was only like ten minutes or something crazy. Yeah. Or the MJF stuff. The, dog, the MJF the stuff's been match was... CM Punk's yeah. best overall stuff. Yes. I think the Kingston one was like, it was, that was really short too, but yeah. it was great. And it left an impact. And do you know who Eddie Kingston fights a lot? Like John Moxley. I have a lot of hope here that this should be nothing but great. Um, and I can't, I can't wait. What a pay-per-view, man. Where was that Eddie Kingston match? Full gear. Full gear. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. You know, I think that was the match of the night in a night where the Kenny Omega, Hangman Page match was the biggest match, um, you know, in AEW history to that point. Remember that during that match, CM Punk got booed. I do. I also remember that mm. Eddie Kingston knocked his lights out to start the match. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder. I just wonder. That shit was great. He could be booed. Well, they're in Chicago, so he has a little oh, yeah. help tonight. Mm. But you never know. know. Moxley tried to play the heel yeah. on TV this week. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean shit for Terry. If you see an all-out war and in the could be in anything. if you see an all-out war and in the end CM Punk ruins it with a low blow, free game, free game. Um, that is all out. Like we said at the top of the show, we will be reviewing this show live immediately following the pay-per-view all out on Patreon. So all you have to do is just join Patreon. We got three tiers, $3, $5, or $10 tiers with a bunch of bonus content included. Um, If you want to join us, be a part of our discussion, conversation, uh, then, and watch us live talking about the show and giving our immediate thoughts immediately, uh, then join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash countout pod. Again, patreon.com forward slash countout pod. We'll be doing that. Of course, it'll be an only audio version of the show afterwards. Uh, yeah, if you can't else. stay awake. If you course. can't stay awake, we get it. But if you want to be part of that conversation and you're too hyped up off the pay-per-view, like us, probably, hopefully, uh, expectedly, then uh, join us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash countoutpod. Um, well, we've been going for uh, nearly two hours here, Scotty, so don't have a lot of time. Uh, so how do we want to – obviously, we're cutting out the N1 Victory Grand Final. Um, we kind of alluded, alluded to that. So should we just, you're okay going a little bit over to talk about these TK media call stuff? I got to talk about this women's division, man. Okay. Um, let's do, you want to talk about the questions for the other questions that he had to, or do you want to just skip right to the women's division? Um, that do the women's division. Then you can go back on the other things. Cause that's going to take me. That will really, gonna, that will really I, I determine. Got my, I got my thoughts fresh. That will really determine how long we go. That's probably a good point. Yeah. too. So uh, TK Media Call, a uh, lot of different questions, a lot of different news bits, a way better media call press conference than uh, WWE's post-Clash of the Champions one. 
Um, but there is a lot of good, interesting stuff learned. But obviously, well, the one that uh, Twitter and everybody have been talking about is the question regarding Thunder Rosa. It was asked by Daily DDT why Thunder Rosa was given a short backstage promo to discuss her injury situation versus CM Punk being given a full in-ring segment to discuss his, <laughs> and whether that speaks to the criticism of how Tony Khan perceives the women's division against the men's. T, before you say anything, Scotty, TK's response at that point was saying that he, quote, strongly rejects that criticism and went on to say that it gives his TV time based on what will draw ratings and that the honest answer is CM Punk will draw stronger ratings for an eight-minute promo than Thunder Rosa. Khan also rejected the criticism. That's on the, true. Khan also rejected the criticism on the basis that, the, that he only knew hours in advance that Rosa would be unable to wrestle in regards to rearranging mm-hmm. and preparing the TV mm-hmm. segments. So, mm-hmm. Scotty, how do you feel about Tony Khan's comments and ultimately, I guess, the AEW women's division as a whole? Man, there's so many, like, little things to go here, and I've been cooking it up all week. And I think there's... Let's start with the comments, right? Yeah. The comments... I... I understand the backlash. Yeah. Obviously. I understand Tony's side, too. I understand both sides very well. I understand why wrestling fans see as well. Clearly, he doesn't care about the women's division because to them, you go eight minutes, one minute. That's easy to see, right? Yeah. I get where Tony says he is booking for ratings at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And he also knew the day of compared to CM Punk, who... You know, CM Punk wrestled that match on Dynamite, then on Rampage, a live Rampage. Yep. He went out there and said his piece, right? Days later. So, yeah. So that's a little different. Days I get that too. Days versus hours. And I think really what this was was just another opportunity to bring up the women's division as a whole for a lot of people. Yeah. And we have to remember, or not remember, but kind of pay attention to reports of as of late about thunder rosa in that company right Mm -hmm. and i i love thunder rosa i think she's great i think she does a lot of good for wrestling i agree you know with mission pro and does a lot of good for women's wrestling but there's clearly something going on in that background and i think everyone has to recognize tony khan's gonna take is probably gonna take Britt baker's side you know, his chosen main woman of this company mm-hmm. over Thunder Rosa. And if multiple people are having problems with Thunder Rosa, including maybe him, I kind of have that Who feeling knows? potentially, right? Yeah. Then again, that only adds to this. That only adds to this. Yeah. So, so on the Thunder Rosa point, I get the frustration. I agree. She probably should have had more than a minute. Yeah. Because she's very emotional, but at the same time, maybe it was a good thing she did it because she was in tears already. Um, good point. Maybe it shouldn't have been a backstage segment. I think that's my best way to say it. Maybe she should have got to go in front of the people, even if it was on the stage, mm-hmm. and talk. Right? I think that would be better. Yeah. Um, and I think this woman's division obviously has been mishandled. I think 
Tony Khan has shown his cards of where this division is going and what matters most to it. And it does come down to ratings and all this. and blah, 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 blah. That's why Britt Baker's in all these segments, no matter what we think. This is why she's in those segments, because she draws the best. Yep. And I know you have stats to back that up. I do. I came from here today. Go, which you'll go over in like one second or a few seconds or how many ever until I stop talking, of course. Because <laughs> I, I kind of ramble a little bit here. And I, I will stop before I make my major point about the women's division so yes. that you can talk about the thunder part. I appreciate first. the table setting. Yes. <laughs> but my main point here is that I understand both sides. I understand why Tony Khan does what he does. But everyone needs to remember, Tony Khan grew up an ECW fan, a Ring of Honor fan, and a New Japan fan. Mm -hmm. Plus a great respect for old school territories as well. Yes. And if everyone saw that, you know, that, that video of him this week talking about old women wrestling and the jumping bomb angels and, you know, all Japan women's wrestling without naming anyone. Uh, <laughs> oh, conspicu- yeah. Conspicuous by the absence. It was a little hard to fully know if he was, you know, like, don't get me wrong. He's probably watched some all Japan women's matches. Sure. But like, it took like just name dropping Aja Kong. Or Kier Hokuto, or like someone for people to be like, okay, you can fine. you can maybe make an argument. He is a cat. He was a casual Joshi hmm. fan growing up. Hmm. Right. Yeah, it was also hard to find the tapes back then. You know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Sure, sure. Found found those new Japan but, tapes though. <laughs> but you have to recognize. Well, of course you did. Found those all Japan. You tapes. have to found recognize what kind of wrestling fan he was growing up. And all those promotions have something very similar. It's that women's wrestling was not prominent no. at all. N- now, does that excuse it? No. No. It doesn't. But you have to understand what's most important to him and his booking and where he wants to go. And people, and I talked to someone about this this week, that, you know, it's tough because at that opening AEW press conference, they promised a great women's division, great women's wrestling. We're going to make it important. Yep. Yada, yada, yada. You got to remember the person that was telling that, people. Yeah. She's not here anymore. And I'm not saying Brandy Rose is the end all be all for this women's. I'm not saying yeah. that at all. Yes. Yeah. But she's the one that was saying that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't Tony Khan saying that. That was Brandy Rhodes saying that. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's important. I think that's very important. And there are splashes of good in this women's division from time to time. I even thought the tag match on this week, while it wasn't as good as the last tag match they did um, between these two and, you know, replace Street with Thunder Rosa. Yeah. It was still good. It's still solid. Still very good. And Right. And you have the women's matches on Rampage, which more, more so rather than not, for a while they were really delivering. Mm-hmm. And you had a really solid seven-minute title match on Dark Elevation this week in the main event between Shida and Emi Sakura. Really good. So it's like there are parts here to make this work, mm-hmm. but to the Thunder Rosa conversation, you have to remember all the reports that have come out about Thunder Rosa. You have to understand the day of situation with Thunder Rosa. You have to understand how Tony thinks. And then on the other side, with the fans, I have to. Uh, I, you also have to understand where they come from with the CM Punk Thunder Rosa thing. 
My whole thing is she should have got to do more than a backstage segment. Totally I think agree. saying it in the ring would have worked, even if it's a minute or two. Yeah. It's just, it's still better in that way. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. She's still very over like Thunder Rosa's over. Even if the backstage politics and whatnot aren't working, she's over. Right. So sure. I get it uh, from both sides, but my bigger problem with the women's division, but hit them with the stats, Ryan. Yeah. So I, I spent this last week uh, looking at the ratings because like Tony Khan says, he bases it off of the ratings. Right. And the immediate thing I have to say to that is, well, I think people can agree to this is that it does, that does create a little bit of a, a chicken egg situation, which came first, you know, you know, obviously the the talk about the women's division placement on cards and be, it being in spots of where it's generally going to get less ratings uh, in terms of the time slots and all that stuff. You know, is is that something that Tony Khan did, knowing you know purposely to bog down the women's division and get less ratings and and that, or conversely, is it he was putting the women's division slot there? No one was watching the women's division. And so he just kind of kept it there because it didn't matter, right? Uh, which came first? That's the tough part. And I necessarily can't answer that question right here. Uh, but we do know, Scotty, that there is a track record of viewers tuning into women's wrestling, not just in AEW, but in other companies. Go to any live show, which match was classically the bathroom break? The women's match. Uh Going back to last year, and it was a whole conversation. We didn't have it on this show, I don't believe, but it was a whole conversation with Empower for NWA. Empower One, a show that was promoted on two hmm. TV programs, promoted across three promotions, uh, had a lot of coverage uh, by all these people for months, right? It was a flop financially. No one showed up for it. So we have a track record, track record suggesting that people no do showed not... up for uh, NWA seventy four or whatever either. That's also true. That's also true. <laughs> well, people sh- well people showed up in- for ticket sell- sales, right? But right. Uh, no one showed up, bought the pay per view for Empower, mm-hmm. um, and that was a huge disappointment. And part of the reason why they didn't do a second one, right? So there is a precedent saying that it is. A little bit that. However, I can also see the argument that, you know, the, this that Tony, maybe Tony Khan doing it on purpose, right? We know he's not maybe a huge fan of women's wrestling based on his interests. Like Scotty said, ECW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Puro Wrestling as a whole, uh, old school territory wrestling, always male focused, right? Uh, you know, you can see, you can, I can concede that argument. I think it's, it's a, uh, there's a tiny amount of stretching personally, but I can see that argument. I think it's, it's kind of, this is the idea and this is the evidence I have to substantiate my, to my idea. And I'm really going for the idea first. Um, so mm-hmm. I think there's that. So we went into it. I, right. I spent the past week looking into it. So he said that he bases it off of ratings. Right. So what I did is I went to the old wrestlenomics uh, because they put it all together quite easily. And I looked at uh, what they had, only Dynamite. I didn't look at ratings for Rampage. One, because Rampage didn't start until a bit, I believe. Um, maybe. I don't remember. Uh, but then also uh, because I didn't group them with Dynamite's ratings because obviously Rampage is way down, so it would offset some stuff. So that would have to be a separate thing another day. 
Basically, what I did was from December of 2021 to today, or I guess August of 2022, barring the last ones because I don't have those. I didn't have those at the time. Um, And so what I did was I broke it down not by men's division or women's division. I broke it down more divisionally. So I have Mm. the ratings of the wrestlers holding the world titles, the women's titles, the TNT titles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So from December to August for the world title, we got Adam Page, we got CM Punk, we got John Moxley and the kind of a transfer of all that stuff. Uh, we got the women's title. We have Britt Baker, then Thunder Rosa, TNT title, Sammy Guevara, Scorpio Sky, Wardlow, tag teams, Lucha Bros, Jurassic Express, Young Bucks, Swerve in Our Glory, yada, yada, yada. The other ones, you know, there's only one person holding a title or, you know, it's <laughs> whatever. Um, so really what we're looking at is tag teams, TNT, mid-card title, women's title, and world title. I tweeted out on the at Countout Pod, is a women's title on par with a world title or a mid-card slash tag team title? I wanted to gauge your guys' thoughts on that. Do you see a women's title on par with the world title, or do you see it on par with the mid-card tag team title? Two-thirds of that poll came back as on par with the world title, right? So what that tells me is that there is a greater portion of fans that when they see the women's title, they think of it as on par of the world's title. Now, do the ratings reflect that? And if Tony's basing off the ratings, does do the ratings reflect that the women's title is on par with the world title? The answer, and I think this might not come as a surprise, Scotty, is undoubtedly no. It is nowhere close to the world title. If you take the average uh, key demo rating, the better the moneymaker, right? Uh, for December to August, that average number is 483,000 people. For a women's title, that's 450. That's a 7% difference. The, win- the men's title gets 7% more people than the women's title. For P2, a good uh, another good number, the men's title gets over 1 million people on average from December to August. The women's title, a little over 900,000. That's a 10% increase. That's 10% more viewers for the world's title uh in that in that scale so it's it's way bigger it's a way bigger difference but let's compare it to the mid-card title right the women's title to the the tnt title same exact key demo number at 450 in fact the tag team title has also the same exact key demo average at 450 it is nearly identical on par with the mid-card and tag team divisions. In terms of P2, uh, it is nearly identical with the tag team, with the TNT title, the mid-card title, being more interest to people older than 50, for whatever reason. People really love their Sammy Guevara's, Scorpio Skies, and Wardlow's, right? Um, But ultimately, the women's division is more in line, ratings-wise, with the tag team division. Um... If you wanted to break it down even more, uh, Thunder Rosa at one point in time, Britt Baker was never a the lead person in any month in any rating scale. Uh, her ratings were on average way better than Thunder Rosa's, um, like significantly better than Thunder Rosa's. Uh, more time. What's that? Much more time. Much more time. Thunder Rosa. Much more time, yeah. Um, and I'll get to the segments as well. Um mm-hmm. But she did have more ratings than Thunder Rosa. 
Sure. Uh, Thunder Rosa did have a great key demo draw in March of 2022, which maybe that's a point to placement of card and everything. Because March of 2022, we can all remember as the main event being Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker, St. Patty's Day Slam. However, I'll just say this here. Britt Baker was also a bigger Riggs draw than Thunder Rosa. That match also had Britt Baker in it. And after that, and, and then in May, June, July of August, Thunder Rosa's ratings dropped. So maybe that's also another aspect. Also, there's also the aspect that this only happened, this is only Dynamite's ratings. So for instance, apparently Thunder Rosa was never on Dynamite in April. I don't have any ratings for her of April on Dynamite. She could have been on Rampage, and maybe that's part of it. But maybe another reason why she her ratings dropped on on uh, in, on Dynamite is because she wasn't there for an entire month, right? That stinks. But otherwise, Baker is a way, way bigger draw. Um, sure. it, so basically, the women's division is comparable to the tag team division, which I had this whole conversation with my fiance about it because uh, what's interesting about it is the segment time. That's a big thing people have, right? A big yeah. issue is that the women aren't getting enough time to showcase themselves, which is a great point, a great point I agree with. So mm -hmm. while, I as I was doing this, I was kind of putting together like, oh, how many times are these champions on Dynamite, right? Mm -hmm. So in one month, you know, that's eight hours of television. Uh, at most, a champion was on Dynamite for four quarter hour segments, as little as one. So that means for an eight hour segment, the tag champions... The women's champion, the TNT champion, were anywhere between on Dynamite for eight in an eight-hour period for fifteen minutes to an hour, right? That is as much as they were. That's all three divisions. The world title, they were on it way more, right? Way either they had matches that went multi segments, you know, multi quarter-hour slots, or they had a lot more promos and stuff. But they were on it way more than any of these other you know, divisions, any of these other champions, um, which then brought up another great point that my fiance had is that, well, there's still a gender, gender difference, right? The women's division, when you're a challenger in the women's division, all you can, all you can really do in terms of story is one, go for the women's, women's title, two, go for the TBS title, or three, just have like a, a, a common, you know, whatever, interaction right just you know a storyline where you're fighting for pride or whatever right in the men's division you have multiple instances to of greater ability to be on television you can be for the world title for the mid-card title in a tag team with someone else you can fight for the AEW all atlantic now the trios titles ftw title you have a greater ability to fight for it which is a great point right it's very valid it basically the the women are because they have less things to fight for, maybe that's the argument, but because there are less avenues for them to be on television in different aspects, it is harder <clears> for them to get more time, more segments. They still get segment segmental average to other divisions, but they can't really get rating. They can't... A tag team wrestler can go off and fight for the mid-card title and bring whatever ratings they get from that division back into the tag team division, right? That makes sense to go into another room and bring stuff back. Sure. The women's are kind of just stuck in three lanes while the men can go wherever the hell they want, right? They have an easier time. 
which does bring up a great point of if that's the case, then why is the tag team division rating so low? <laughs> right? I mean, that's <laughs> maybe that's something that we should also consider. Why are their ratings so low? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you don't see the tag champs, these current tag champs on TV. Yeah. And I think that I think that might be part of me. <clears throat> I have to go into Rampage to see it all. Yeah. But basically, the the final point thoughts. to it all is that realistically, if we're basing off of ratings, again, chicken egg, we don't know which came first. But if we're really looking at it, if Tony Khan is booking off the ratings, it is not comparable to the world title. It is comparable to a mid card and it is very comparable to the tag team division, at least when it comes to Dynamite. Rampage, maybe it's different. I don't I don't think so. But ultimately, when it comes to this, it is it is that much so. And then even then, if you just want to look at the women's division, Thunder Rosa is a way worse ratings draw person than Britt Baker, right? I mean, if I wanted to ch- rank every single champion in the key demo, Britt Baker's number two from, you know, from December to uh, now, Britt Baker's number two, Thunder Rosa was third to last, right? Out of 16 people. <laughs> so yeah. it, it is... All the more reason why I can see why, just looking at this, why Tony Khan did not put Thunder Rosa eight minutes on television and a live live ring of a live microphone. Because mm-hmm. she is not a ratings draw. She is nowhere close to CM Punk. And the women's division is just not... I mean, here's the thought, right? Would... Here's the thought experiment. Would... Could we see Tony Khan, let's say, for whatever reason... Keith Lee, something happened to Keith Lee and Swerve Scott at the same exact time, and they have to relinquish the titles, do interim titles, right? Yeah. Do you think Tony Khan would put them on a live microphone in a ring or have them do a backstage promo on Dynamite? That's the thought. Backstage promo. That's the thought experiment. And like you said, that's... and, And I'm trying to say without ratings in the brain, right? What do, what do, what do we think? What do we think? Do we think we would have that? That's what we should really be talking about. What if it were the Young Bucks? That's another great point. What if it's Young they Bucks? Would get, they would be out in the ring. They would this... probably be out in the ring. Now, which is interesting, though, is that they're, when they were champions, their ratings as champions on Dynamite were really bad. Uh, but they had also a lot of promo segments, and they only had two matches as champions on Dynamite. Yeah. So that's that here's okay so now we're we're on to the division talk right and i i think you highlighted something really good there AEW, and this is a topic we discussed two three months ago AEW doesn't book all their titles well it's just they don't and they have a lot of them so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard but but they don't they book the world title most important right yep and you know, it's the world title. That's what you expect. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's hit or miss, right? And this is how Tony Khan books. He has his group here, right, of talent that people want to see. Yep. No matter if there's a title involved or not. CM Punk, John Moxley, MJF, Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson. Blackpool Combat Club as a whole, really. Kenny Omega. Right? Kenny Omega, the elite. I'll say the elite, right? Sure. Hangman Page. 
even even Eddie Kingston, right? Eddie Kingston does really well in terms of just fan interaction and right. Mm-hmm. So put all of them together, right? They're always going to be featured on TV. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Because they do re- good ratings because they are fan favorites and they get the name value. Plus they can always. go they can go into different divisions constantly. Different divisions. And this is where I talk about the women's division. The women's division doesn't have non-title feuds. Enough. They, they, have, have, these, they, they have some. They, they have some. some. They don't have enough. They had the Sheeta Deeb one, which was really good, and I think that benefited them both, but then they disappeared, so did it really benefit anyone? <laughs> that's that's the game you play, right? Yeah. And that's a that's a complaint that fans have at WWE forever. Yeah. Still probably do, right? Yeah. I don't I don't really know if they do. I, I'm sure they do. But that like there was a year where WWE wasted Sasha Banks and Bailey for an entire year. Yep. And that was a problem. Despite Banks still, whenever she was on television, being a huge ratings draw. Yes. And then during the COVID era, who was the face of that entire company? Sasha Banks and Bailey. So that's funny. It's just funny to think about that they wasted them for a whole year. Mm-hmm. And then they were their A players while you have world titles like Drew McIntyre and whatever. And that's where this conversation goes. I'm sick and tired of us acting like AEW has Sasha Banks and Bailey and Becky Lynch and even Charlotte Flair to an extent. They don't. Yeah. Okay. And that's okay that they don't. Those four, right? They're on a pedestal. Mm hmm. For a reason. Sasha Banks is a walking draw. She's on TV. It's the highest rating on the show. It's just the truth. doesn't matter what the segment is. It's just the truth. I bet you if Sasha Banks was went to AEW today, right? Game she, changes. She will 100% be in the main event and have ratings draws. Do you remember what I said when there was a possibility? I said she would be the biggest aew signing possible because it would change a division yes that would change a division her impact was a tag team title no be the be the impact of a division she not she Britt baker isn't gonna reach that low i'm sorry she's not jake cargill has an aura about her but she is not going to reach that level i just don't think so because she's still very limited Right, yeah. she's still very limited in the ring. You can only do so much. She has that star power mm-hmm. potential, mm-hmm. but Sasha Banks, you know, Becky Bailey, Charlotte, they they have it all together. There's n- nothing really limits them. And yes, we can make the comment that Charlotte lost a lot of the steam there, which is why most of my conversations around the other three. Yeah, but she's still Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair walked in the door in. AEW, I think she'd be a big difference too. I agree. And if you, any, I, I any of the saying, four, if, any of the four, if AEW were ever to poach any of those four, would be a game changer. Yeah. Sasha Banks is probably your only hope. Um, and yeah, Char- I think Charlotte, like, maybe Charlotte, maybe Charlotte, maybe, but like people, wrestling fans, AEW fans, they like to compare it to the women's revolution in WWE. Yeah. They're like, oh, they didn't have this time. And then, you know, Sasha, Bailey, and Becky, you know, they came in and changed everything. 
Yeah, they did. Yeah. Do you know who AEW doesn't have? Yeah. Sasha, Becky, and Bailey and Charlotte. They don't have them. Women's Revolution doesn't get to where it is without those four being the pioneer, the push of it. I thought I thought it was Stephanie McMahon and the Bella Twins. I know Stephanie McMahon. Don't get me wrong. And I said this to you before the show. The Bellas brought eyes because of Total Divas. Mm-hmm. And it, it, but the, those and four also, are the reason it, anyone stuck. And also probably wouldn't have started if he didn't have a 10-second match on Raw, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. also part so good, good on them for having the second match. <laughs> but, right, they, you call up those three. Yeah. You call up Charlotte, Becky, Sasha. Mm-hmm. Game starts to change. Then NXT Brooklyn happens. Mm-hmm. Sasha and Bailey have the best women's match in the history of WWE. I, I, I'm not even going to have a conversation. I don't think anything touches it. Yeah. Truthfully, I don't. Still don't. That match changed everything. Yeah. That match brought the women's revolution from like here, like, oh, yeah, yeah we're showing the women. They have a yeah, seven minute match. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And then boom, they became must see talent yeah. in this company. And I'm not saying that can't happen in AEW. But I'm saying it's unfair to compare any of these women to Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Becky. It's like when WWE fans say, oh, I love, you know, I miss the days of the Attitude Era with Austin and Rock. Yeah. You know, you know who's not going to show up tomorrow? Austin and Rock. Mm Mm-hmm. And people well, might hear that well, and be like, are you? Well, WrestleMania well, happened. <laughs> for, for WWE, they might. And The Rock but actually might be coming up. <laughs> full time, I should say, right? Yes. They're not. You're not getting them. Yes. And that's what Sasha, Becky, Bailey, and Charlotte have become for women's wrestling in yeah. the United States. Yeah. And I just mm-hmm. talked about the ratings. Is that, right? The, uh, you know, it only goes back to December. I don't have Nyla. I don't have Riho's ratings, draws, or anything like that. But just looking at this already it's it is you know they are nowhere close to anyone else they're not you know the only time and they don't get the time i'll admit that they don't always get the time so that doesn't help the only time that anyone of december to august that in a women's champion pulled over a million viewers for the p2 demo Mm -hmm. was Britt baker in january of 2022 2022 and this may be a way to, you know, I talked about avenues to spread out and have women get into more avenues. And maybe this is a reason why she pulled over a million viewers average that month. Yeah. Because that was a time where she was in a mixed tag team area with Adam Cole. Right. Mm, someone who, someone who is also a ratings draw. Right. So that is the only time a women's champion from December to August has an average P2 yeah. demo rating of over a million. Yeah. Interesting. And, and I want to say this. Women's wrestling can draw. Yeah. Sasha Banks draws. She is the draw. Like that's literally one of her nicknames, I'm pretty sure, which is very funny. But like she is the draw when she's around, right? Mm-hmm. That's why like WWE needs to do everything in their power not to lose her. And Becky Lynch is a big time draw when she's around. Yeah. And People are interested in Bailey when she's around, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, they have years of work that they've put in to make this happen. But 
what I'm saying is and Charlotte, benef- Charlotte at one point in time was also Charlotte did too. She just got overused. Like, yes. like the other three did it. She did. Yes. And that's probably why I'm not really including her. Cause like those three, you know, yes. they, we're talking those three of, we're talking currently. Those three have all had a time where they were like the lead for WWE, not just the women's division. They were the lead for WWE. Becky was the face of WWE for a while. Mm-hmm. And then Sasha and Bailey were the face of WWE during the pandemic era. Yeah. And they do the ratings. But if you want the AEW women's division to get better, one, yes, Tony Khan's got to gotta fully believe in them, mm-hmm. right? Two, you got to stop comparing them to the four horsewomen. It's very, it's just unfair yeah. to expect any of them to reach those levels overnight when one, they don't have the time, but two, they don't, they're not doing what they did to spark that. Yes, Thunder Rose and Britt Baker had that incredible match at St. Patrick's Day Slam last year. Mm-hmm. But, and that kind of, you know, I would say the women's division kind of heated up a little bit then. Then, then you go back to your talk. Britt Baker became champion, the most popular woman in that company, because they want her to be also. You have to remember that. And also, she is the biggest ratings draw. Yeah. She's she's. I so, assume she will get blown out of the water by a, a Banks or a Bailey or a Becky. But yeah. currently, the reason we see her all the time is because she draws yeah. the ratings. That's what, right. I mean, this is just, this what this small scope shows me is that she would have the title because she drew the ratings and i think it's important if you build someone like they did Britt baker you can get someone else there it's just a matter of committing the time and the interest to do so yeah and there i i've talked to people that are talent on in that company that can in time reach that level jade is great. She has that aura about her. She could reach that level someday. She she gets Tony, she pulls pretty good ratings as champion. She really yeah, does. and she's not. And and there's another person who's just not around a lot either. She has her one minute promo like every few weeks, and then has her. She's only had like thirty seven matches. So yeah. you got to play a tough game with her. I know. I know. Yeah. But you know, Jade's someone that can get there. You have Tony Storm, who's a name who. Tony, literally, all Tony Storm does is show up, wrestles her match, and does nothing else, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, if, and if she has a promo spot, it's with her friend Ruby Soho or Thunder Rosa, where she barely talks. Yes. So that's that's an interesting game that I've noticed. Yeah. Um, they're, you they're, kind of they're have... telling us that she is not a good promo. <laughs> that's what they're telling yeah. us. And, and and you have women that are over. Yes. With crowds. So you have a real opportunity on Sunday with the interim champion to just reset everything. Yeah. I would go into that match the way I would book it. Fresh start. I know it's an interim champion, but it's a fresh start. Sounds like Thunder Rose is going to be out a while. Yeah. Ruptured discs or whatever. Something bad. Something that doesn't sound all too good. Yeah. And, you know, you got Jamie Hayter, who's an interesting case. Can she be that person? I don't know, because you got to let someone ride with it, right? Mm-hmm. You got to let someone ride with it. And trust it, you could go to Sheeta, who almost feels new in a lot of ways, despite a year-long reign, which is kind of funny. You can go with Tony, someone that obviously has that potential. 
or you could go to Britt. And I do think despite her being the draw, mm-hmm. it would still hurt the division because then you're not building up someone else. So Tony Khan's going to build up more people. That's that's what he's got to do. He's got to build up more people. Fans got to stop expecting Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and Bailey out of these people. Both sides need to kind of almost work together to make this women's division something that it can be because it has parts that work. It I, has parts that work. I think I I agree. Is that Tony Khan needs to put more effort into it. Uh, you know, I get you're basing off of ratings, but like you said, chicken and the egg, how do you, how do you get more ratings? How do you get these people more stars? You know, you know, obviously you're trying to give them more work and give them more effort and get, help them get better wrestlers, help them get better on promo skills. How do you, how do you do that? Maybe, maybe the AAA mixed tag to tag titles might be a good way to do it. Like I said, Britt Baker had a really good rating one month because she was in a, in a she did wrestle a tag match a mixed tag with adam cole men get more eyes on their wrestling maybe you do that for a bit maybe that's an idea but at the same time a lot of fans have as we said with that poll an expectation a majority of fans have the expectation that the women's wrestler the women's title is on the same bit playing field as the world title we have to lower those expectations According to these ratings, it is simply untrue. It is simply untrue for that to be the case. It's on par with the tag division. Uh, do we are we saying complaining about the tag division at all? Is anyone saying anything about that? No. Maybe that's they a, get the time. They get the time. Sure, the tag division gets the time. The champions don't. The division does. Yeah, but the champions themselves, you know, on average, get roughly the no. same amount of ratings as the women's champions. Yeah. So. And interesting it's interesting it's ultimately it's this idea of we need to lower those expectations we i get tony khan has made a lot of bad comments about the women's division and it is easy to shit on and the frankly, guy and shit and on frankly, the division right now i think we have to accept that he just doesn't care nearly as much about it as we do he just doesn't but that but and that's I, but i will the one point i will say to that is what you're bringing up if Tony Khan brings in Sasha Banks, brings in Bailey, brings in Becky Lynch, he will immediately care about the women's division because he will immediately draw ratings. I, I fully fun. believe that that a, if Sasha Banks came in and became champion, all this stuff, and I'm also, by the way, I'm only chucking champions because presumably they are the biggest drawlers. Why else do you have the title laws on them? Uh, when I did this, <laughs> why else do they have the titles? Um, but if Sasha Banks comes in as the champion, she will immediately raise that average, right? Yeah. And I immediately think he will put her in spots to do that because she will draw. I don't think he'll be putting her at the nine thirty. What she's is already it? made though. Yeah, she's and that's she's. But that's thing. also a great point. She is a already made person. None of these other people are obviously not made yet. And that is, and that is a- the bigger point. AEW hasn't brought anyone in. And it's because they haven't really been available. Yeah. That is at the levels of a Danielson, CM Punk, blah, 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 for the women's division. It's because the, they're not available. The only person available is, is Sasha Banks. That's the only one right, right now. And I don't think she's walking through the door. No. Well, I so. hope so. <laughs> if I was if I was Tony Khan, screw MJF. You're bringing in Sasha Banks. I mean, you that's know, that's true. That's that's a trade I think you make. Yeah. Um, in in a lot of ways, which is kind of weird to say, but 
again, the, this whole conversation was to pretty much kind of map out a lot of what I've been seeing for a long time. And it's that you just got to accept AEW doesn't have those three, but yeah. you also have to un- accept that Tony Khan, he just, it's not a division he f- fully cares about. He's not putting all his energy into it because he's trying to, he's trying to make money for his company. He's trying to get the ratings. He's trying to do all that. But at the same time, I don't know if he has the patience to build those people up. I would also say that like, if it were, if the women's division were drawing more ratings, he would probably put them in better spots. Right. Sure. If they were, if they were drawing, you know, 5% more ratings, they would probably, it's such a weird game to play. I feel like he, he obviously would want them to be in a better rating spot. His initial booking for them hurt them a lot. Yeah, I think I agree that you have to dig yourself out of a hole. And here's, here's my final example, a right? hole, a hole with people pointing at you and saying, you hate women wrestling, right? Mm. A, that, that is the hole is that he is, that is rocking that a hard place. He's in. Yeah. And, and, and this is my final point. You to build stars, right? You usually need another star to build off. of. I guess that's Britt Baker. That's why I'm pitching I, also mixed tags, right? You know, but here, here's your problem. You put Daniel Garcia in there with Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. His his stock, his interest level, it all goes up a lot. Yeah. Who are you going to put Jamie Hayter in there with to bring up her stock? Maybe Britt Baker with a feud between those two, right? Makes sense. That's the way to do it. That's a building but star. Moment. Who else has that story? No one, right? So yeah. you, it's hard to do. It's hard to do that. You can't just take you, one of your young talents, put them against the, you know, because Britt Baker's not going to, here's the, also the problem. Britt Baker's not going to have a match like Brian Dennison's going to have. I understand that. Yeah. But there can be a feud that makes it work. And Jamie Hayter is like the only person I can name. Because she's the only one that has the story that makes sense for her. It is really hard to do that within the women's division because there is no, there, there. Are, I, I imagine that there aren't like huge differences in ratings draws in the women's division, where in the men's division there are greater differences. Yeah. It, it's like it's like oh yeah, Britt Baker and Jamie Hader that can bring up Jamie Hader's stock, but it's not like <laughs> Britt Baker is even at Brian Danielson's stock. If the W. If if AEW brought in a WWE women's main eventer like they have with the men's roster, yeah, game changes. You bring in, I, we were talking about the horsewoman, but you bring in Bianca Belair, yep, right? Like you bring in someone like that too, it changes. Oscar maybe, but yeah. Oscar, I think Oscar could do it too because Oscar's Oscar has a big following. She's been champion multiple times. You know, I think she could. Br- it's a very it's a limited cast because they still don't have that many because of their own faults. WWE has their own faults, obviously, but they have them, right? Yeah. So, and, and and it plays to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show with the damage control, right? They pinned Bianca. Yes, it was Bailey that pinned her, but they that group with Dakota Kai and Io Shirai, they gained all their momentum back because yeah. they pinned a champion that feels that big. Correct. So again, there's just so many, there's so many 
waves that they have to go through. This division isn't dead in the terms of it has no shot. No, I, I fully believe that Tony Khan wants this to be a rating straw. Why would he? Why would he not want it to be? It's his company. He wants the money. And I think the fatal four way. You can check off a lot of boxes to make this women's division get some momentum. Mm-hmm. I, I I tweeted this a few weeks ago. Tony Storm wins. That was your original plan. Yep. Just go with it. Don't shake it up. She's someone that people like, right? Mm-hmm. And she's not the same. Two, which plays what I just said. Start the Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter feud. Because then you can raise up Jamie Hayter organically, instead of just giving her the title, through a babyface run against Britt Baker. If you turn Britt Baker babyface, I'm going to punch you in the face. That's not that Rick Baker is better as a heel to build people up. Three, just let Hikaru Shida have a good show. Yeah. Because you, all your women's champions that aren't Britt Baker get no TV time. Nyla Rose gets plugged into the one feud at the beginning of the title, <laughs> uh, Rain. Great, for, great first defense. <laughs> Riho's nowhere to be found. Yeah. Nowhere to be found. No one knows where she is. I think, I think she's, she's going to be in Gato move in, yes. a few, in like a month or so. I did. Which re- I did read somewhere she's having visa issues. Apparently, oh, that sucks. That sucks. I'm sorry for Rio. Then let her wrestle somewhere like Hikaroshida does. Hikaroshida, mm-hmm. right? She was. She was nowhere to be found. She had the deep feud. Then she's nowhere to be found again. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. So like, even when you have former your former champions not showing up, unless you're Britt Baker. It's it's not great um, because you, they're supposed to just be your they're kind of supposed to be your people that you trusted in. Yeah. And if you can't trust in to just put them on Rampage even. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'm going to continue looking at the ratings. I want to look at Rampage and really assess that as well, because I really you should keep using Rampage for women's wrestling because women, that's where they can have good matches. Rampage has had a lot of women's title defenses, women's t- uh, TBS title defenses, tag titles, TNT uh, title defenses. That would also why, be really interesting to see how women's shape up compared over there. Why couldn't Hikaru Shida versus Emi Sakura have been on Rampage? You can't tell me Rampage is too important. You can't. <laughs> Most of the weeks it's a nothing show. Where Zach Clayton's wrestling. <laughs> right? So, like, yeah. that's another problem where you look at Tony Khan, you're like, what the hell, man? Just put this match there. Or, or, either way, it's taped. Either way, it's taped. Or, <laughs> uh, or have it on dark. It does well. The match is really good. People really Do enjoy it. Do a rematch. It. Do a rematch on Rampage. Yeah, like, that, that's the game you play. Do a match on you, Zero Hour even and again i go back to the rampage thing it's like you have this show where nothing happens majority of the weeks which you know, <laughs> yeah which to be said that it was one of the questions asked during the media call and his response to that was well rampage suffered because i needed all my stars on dynamite because all my other stars were injured i couldn't i needed them all on dynamite and i couldn't have them also on rampage so i kind of kind of got sure which i'm like all right i guess yeah that makes sense you know you suddenly have to make new stars and you can't do that immediately yeah okay then just put sheet on every soccer on rampage put 
like just it's such it's such little easy things if you can put the ftw title defense on rampage yeah. you can put the regina de wave defense on on rampage right yeah. it's like it's just such a simple thing that he's fighting around here for no reason i understand yeah gotta gotta have my main guys on dynamite that's fine i i understood they lost a lot of people for a period you have no excuse anymore you have no excuse to this women's division you you have the excuse of you don't have those people that people want to be there mm-hmm. with the before horse women right yeah but you don't have the excuse that you don't have time because i watched rampage be dog shit for two months yeah right yeah you, you, you yes you lost your men's wrestlers but you didn't lose all your women's wrestlers. You lost Chris Statlander now, so that sucks. Mm-hmm. But you still have a group here. And I hope with the two women's matches that are on this pay-per-view, they both feel relatively big, all things considered. Yep. Start from here. Yeah. New fresh start. Even if Athena loses, it's still a new fresh start. Mm-hmm. Because you just got a potential new women's champion. Oh, definitely new women's champion. You got a lot of new starts. Fix this woman's division. Let's stop talking. I think we were about to hit like three hours we are. on a show that we said we were going to do for one. Yeah. No, I, I think the last point I just want to say also is that you have, that's Tony Khan's job. The fans job is one lower your expectations. It is, yep. it is not on the same vein ratings wise in this company as the world title. And we also have to just calm down a bit. I get it. He said a lot of bad comments, but we need to calm down a bit. Uh, two. He said it just so many times. Every media. Call I know. I, think now. <laughs> I know. It's he's saying a lot of bad comments and I get why he never answers him, it. Well, no. And that's part of the <laughs> issue. And that's part of the issue. The other yeah. thing though, is. And maybe it's just because we're seeing it on Twitter, but it's like, we got to stop like the performative stuff we actually have to go out and support women's wrestling and watch these mm-hmm. segments. Always. That, I, I that can't goes believe... for wrestling itself, not yeah. AEW, everything. I can't believe it. I'm going to agree with a very old Britt Baker statement here. But remember that statement where she said, like, we're trying our best, but the only way we can get more spots and do better in the division is people watch our stuff. Yeah. 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 T- I... If Tony Khan puts in a different segment, it might do better, which... But like yeah. you, people also need to see it. It's like you me, so. You want me to give you your best example of how to support in like the easiest way? Yeah. I bought the PWG. I don't even know what the show. Nineteen PWG nineteen DVD. Yep. I bought. I bought. I, I bought a DVD. Yes. In twenty twenty two, because Masha Slamovich and Yuka Sakazaki happened on that show. So in my brain, oh, if I buy this. They'll be willing to put more women's matches on PWG. It goes like that through all out women's wrestling. You are directly supporting women's wrestling in that instance. Yes. And and with like the rise of stardom in Japan as the for sure number two promotion. Yep. Clearly it's a draw there. It can be a draw everywhere. It just you need to support just as much, more than just tweeting and tweeting at Tony Khan. And like I did a joke tweet with Tony Khan the other day of asking, Hey, how much has Emmy Soccer helped? And like, you know, are you willing to put her on TV once? Because she can give anyone a good match and make them look good. I agree. Right? 
And that's just like, that's just me legitimately asking because it's a question I've wanted to ask on the media call. And like, hey, you have this person that will make someone look really good. Why don't you just put them on TV on Rampage at least to do that? It's just like, that's the game we go back and forth in. But you nailed it. Support women's wrestling mm-hmm. more than just say, hey, let's do another evolution. Let's do another empower. Which both of those things have evidence suggesting they weren't draws and no one showed up to watch them. What Evolution, they were both draws as people went to the shows. Correct. But you gotta watch the shows on on TV, on, 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 on Peacock, on whatever. Tony Khan has, you know, whether or not Tony Khan likes women's wrestling or supports women's wrestling or respects it, yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, there is no financial like interest in him putting women's segments in mm-hmm. in more app spots because it might not draw at all right yeah there's yeah. there's no financial responsibility if people showed up and did these things then maybe and people started supporting it and getting people to watch these segments and stuff maybe yeah. things can turn around you uh, know the the, the, the st patrick's day huge ratings mm. win right now, yeah. however, it in that segment it did lose viewers. Mm-hmm. It it did go down in viewers. However, yeah. people still tuned in for it. But then the rest of yeah. Thunder Rosa's reign, no one tuned in for it. So it's right, right. You know, we got to change some things. And final point, um, and then we can wrap up and move on and stop talking to each other until uh, <laughs> until one twelve hours from now. Yeah, yeah, until twelve hours from now is. You did the AEW uh, Women's Championship Eliminator Tournament, right? That was a chance, and yes, it was on YouTube, and I I agree with people that it should have, at least some of the matches, you know, you could have featured on whatever, but Rampage wasn't around back then, so I don't, Yeah, it it is what it is. You put some of the, I don't even know, did they put the American matches on TV TV at all? They had to, right? I I know they didn't put them all. I don't recall. Okay, I don't recall either. I mean, like, definitely, like the, the fi- definitely like the finals and stuff. Yeah, you look at the views here, and I know there's a lot of no name, uh, not no names, no names to some people, um, unknown names outside of like Aja Kong on the Japanese side. But now you know all these people. So the viewership is hard to look at because, again, it was a lot of people you didn't know. But if they ever ran it again, Show the support by watching it. Yeah. Right? Show the support by doing it. And that's how you do it again. But I'm done talking. I have to save my voice for two hours later. I did three hours now. Yeah. I, I need to go, like, eat lunch and take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, and, I'm in the same uh, boat. I'm in the same boat. Yeah, no, I, I think this is a great conversation. I think it, it's just, and I get it. We're two uh, white cis males. I feel like every time white men are talking about like women's stuff, I feel like we always have to say that. Like, I get yeah. it, right? It's, you know, I'm not necessarily in a space of looking at it. That's why I'm looking at it from the ratings, just like financial and numbers and what are the stats say. Right. And it's just like, you know, people you know talk you know what's the phrase talk where your money is or something talk where your put your money put your, where your put your, your money where your mouth is yeah. there it is and i think it's just uh i think you it's got just there. that simple you got there. I, I figured it out one of these days it's just that simple now on the other hand tony khan you got to fix up the tag division why is it so low compared to why is it compared to so low your other stuff that seems like an issue 
<laughs> that seems like another thing I should point out. What is up with that, man? Um, mm-hmm. Which, uh, actually, I just remember the point I was going to say with very last point for me. You know, I I mention segments. We met, you mentioned the Eliminator uh, tournament as a YouTube show to showcase more women's wrestling. There's Dark, there's Dark Elevation, there's Dynamite and Rampage. What are more elements or avenues for more people to get eyes on women's viewers? Maybe easierly, easierly. There's that. There was that report that AEW is having an all women's show of some kind, right? Either it's a, a weekly show or YouTube show or whatever, whatever's happening with that. That is an avenue. That is something that he seemingly is putting effort into. Another, you know, a point to, does Tony Khan hate this? Well, he might be putting in the effort to try to fix things and try to get more eyes on women's wrestling. However, when that happens, we all need to go out and watch the dang show. And I think that's the last point we got to stay with. So thank you everybody for listening to this. Turned out three hour ring post radio. (laughs) We're going to do a fourth hour tonight. Maybe five hours. I don't know how it's, it's a fifteen five hours, it's a fifteen match show. But please join long, us. It's gonna be a long review. Please join us there. It's gonna be on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash countout pod. Any tier will do will get you the view to see the review. It kind of worked. Um, so definitely go check it out, patreon.com forward slash countout pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Nights. You can follow at Scott E Wrestling on Twitter. Follow the whole show at Countout Pod. Scotty, we've been going for three hours. I mean, do we want to do our match of the weeks? I say we just call it here. Watch Julia versus Starlight Kid. All right, goodbye. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> see everybody. We'll see you, some of you, hopefully, tonight after All Out. Yeah. We'll see some of you some more tomorrow for just the audio. But we'll see all of you definitely next week for Ring Post Radio. Goodbye, everybody. This has been a Countout Podcast.